Hello and welcome to Jay Hutch Talks Too Much. I'm Jay Hutch. Joining me today is uh, special guest Conan Neutron. We are going to be talking about the last picture show. He's already celebrating, which is fantastic. I like to see that. Um, this is the first show back from um, a fairly long break. We were away since uh, mid-December, so uh, uh, excited to be back. Um, I want to introduce my guest. Conan is in uh, is a musician in the band Conan Neutron and the Su- uh, the Secret Friends. Uh, has a podcast where he uh, has conversations with musicians called Conan Neutron's Patronic Reversal uh, and Protonic Reversal. I apologize. And is on the uh, podcast Movie Night Extravaganza. Welcome to the show, Conan. Thanks for having me, man. Happy to do it. Uh, Mr. Bogdanovich is a legend and uh r.i.p to a legend and this is this is a movie i like quite a bit so uh you know please be doing it always and i always like to say whenever someone mentions like oh i'm a musician it's like i bet you can tell by like the 45 guitars that are in the background but it's a pretty awesome setup you have i have to say (laughs) it's pretty cool um well at some point maybe we we should maybe not tonight but some point we should talk about uh, music because it's definitely a big interest know a thing or two about a thing or two Oh, and I'll also just learned the other day on the Movie Night Extravaganza uh, podcast mm-hmm. that Conan once opened for Dennis Kucinich. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah. That's a. Uh, I've opened for for a lot of bands over the years, uh, some of which are would be notable people. But that, he's the only presidential candidate that I that I have opened for. <laughs> that I'm open- aware of. Yeah. Did you open for him while he was running for president? What was I just? Uh, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. So this is 2004. This is 2004, okay. uh, the Democratic primary, the one that uh, Howard Dean ended up becoming like, the populist. Um, right. Kucinich had like the, the the stronger progressive platform, but yeah. Howard Dean had like the momentum. Uh, see, it's not as impressive as when my friends in the thermals actually opened for Bernie, like with a full band set, like in a stadium. And and that, that was where the the bird showed up. If you remember when the bird showed up. Yes. Yes. Like, and he's like, oh, it's a bird here. And everyone was like, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. All of the memes for like about 20. That was uh, the same uh, night that the thermals played with them. But yeah, just uh, I was at the time. <laughs> I was lead organizer for an organization uh, called Bands Against Bush. Nice. Bands Against Bush, which, because that was our biggest problem at the time. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> all those carefree days, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of uh, petition uh, driving and voter registration, things along those lines, organizational stuff. And uh, yeah, at a community, community event, I did indeed open for Dennis Kucinich. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, nice guy. I, was- really nice fellow. I'm sure he seems like a nice guy. Seems yeah. like a nice guy. Very um, funny too. Like I, I didn't expect him to be quite as funny as he was, but he was that would funny. surprise me as well. Doesn't doesn't <laughs> look like necessarily the funniest guy in the world. But except for when he switches and then it's like, oh, it's all serious now. Okay. Right. <laughs> now we're talking about politics. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Which um, <laughs> I'm the same way, so I get it. Sure, sure. You turn on a dime. Exactly. I realize as I'm looking at myself, I might have I'm I, I'm not going for a Peter Bogdanovich look right now, but I feel like I'm almost you, you're, you're if you yeah, you've even even with like the shirt collar yeah. where it's like formal, but not quite like you seem like you need like a maybe a, a cool jacket. You had a cool yeah, jacket I should have worn my ascot way. tonight is clearly yeah, what I, I ascot. He did bring big ascot energy. In he did. He did. That was not <laughs> necessarily cool. No. But you know, he had to distinguish himself somehow in the in the later half of his career. I, you know, I think the later half of his career is great, where he basically was like, "I'm a character actor now. I do cool yeah, character that's actor true. stuff." 
and it's, it's like random. why not absolutely yeah. like fantastic yeah right yeah on. he was he was a good actor and um Actually, recently I saw him. I don't know if you ever saw. Did you see that when they put out that new Orson Welles? The other new... side of the wind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, I thought that was utterly fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and I like the documentary. Uh, you, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. I think. Yes. Even more. Yeah, me but too. I, I liked like it's sort of like <laughs> it's like it's like Orson's idea of like French New Wave or something like it was um as a movie, it was still cool to see. I mean, I like Orson Welles' stuff, but yeah, like the whole thing about like him like filming all of that stuff and yeah. like, you know, like the whole like just bizarre story. And it didn't even it seemed like that was as much of that whole movie was as much a party as a plan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it does you know, seem like, that way. Like, <laughs> a party I, that went on it. for years. Yeah, just just keep the party going, you yeah. know, do a couple of these these freaking uh we should sell the wine before it's time. <laughs> uh commercials, you know, just oh, yeah. Oh, the French. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. I love about that those are the internet too. Is you see the setup where people are just like, "All right, hi." Yeah, if, if you got, if people, and then remembers, oh, line, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> if people watching have not seen the Orson Welles outtakes from the French wine commercial that he did in the. What well, has to be the eighties, close to the end of his life. I'm, it's I'm not even. Sure. It's not even French. It's uh, uh, I think it's California. It's it's like it's like a kind of a crappy wine too, if I remember it. Car um, yeah, it it, but yeah, yeah. But anyway, point of fact is they're hilarious, right? They're great. Uh, they're great. Any outtake with Orson Welles trying to do lines is is fantastic because, of course, yeah. he was a he was a phenomenal actor. And Paul, so Paul Masson wine still Masson. getting still getting the hits after all these years. Um, but yeah, it, it was a California, and I, I specifically right. know that because that was a because I uh, I'm you know I live in Wisconsin, but I'm yes. from California. Oh yeah, oh, and fine. I rem I remember that being like I didn't freaking know. From, you know like, I mean, I, I actually used to spend uh, donuts on my bike on the Gallo parking lot all the time. Yeah, like there's like wineries a lot in the Central Valley because that's where I'm originally from, even though I'm mostly disdainful of it. Where it's like almonds, tomatoes, um, uh, good good amount of mid-grade wine like it's it's very agricultural right uh, uh steinbeck think of a vice and men yes but that's a little further south of where i grew up from yeah like, that's like where i came up before moving to oakland which is where i lived most of my life see i think the reason why i thought that the wine was french is because the only line i really remember in the in the commercial that orson says and maybe the right. only line he completes or the only <laughs> the only clause to complete is ah uh, oh, the French. That's the first, uh, right. and I don't know what follows that, which, which has know. which has nothing to do with the actual wine because it's 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 like a a French style wine from California, if I remember correctly. He was just randomly pontificating about French people before. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, wouldn't you? <laughs> if you're if you're Orson Welles, I mean, hey, you know, exactly. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Whatever you want. Trying to make other side of the wind over here, <laughs> which seemed like a very long, convoluted ploy to uh, make it with that one girl, the the lead. Anyway, whatever. That's neither here nor there. Watch that movie instead of watching this. Well, and there's a lot of uh, connections there between what you what you know Orson Welles and the idea of you know um, getting getting with your your female lead, and that brings us to the Last Picture Show by Peter Bogdanovich. And that as you a say, professional segue, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's i went to school for that now they yeah, yeah, um segue school i know it well <laughs> yeah exactly so um <laughs> the classrooms ain't, ain't nothing much but getting from point a to point b is fantastic 
It was actually walking from one class to another where you learn the most amount of information. Exactly. It's, 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 it's unique amongst its field. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So as Conan pointed out, Peter Bogdanovich, he, um, he died last week. It's hard to know anymore because I think about 10 more famous people have died since that time. It's true. But um, it's been a it's been a sitting no, Poitier. We had Betty White. We had freaking Bob Saget. Bob Saget that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Durst. No, that's not as a good one. But, you know, <laughs> you, <laughs> I, I swear to God, I thought he was still alive. I thought he was already dead. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, guess, that's true. He was around. I, OK, he was still in a way he was still going. But um, yeah, Peter Bogdanovich. There's a Ghislaine Maxwell joke in there too, but I'm far too uh, dignified to mention it. But really, that's though, next... <laughs> I was gonna say that's next week, Steph. Anyway, moving on. Uh... <laughs> I'm gonna let that linger for just a second. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, think, think about that. Uh, no. okay. <laughs> oh, the French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh... <laughs> yes, and so Peter Bogdanovich, and and he he made probably. Three, he directed probably three of my favorite of amongst my favorite movies. Um, mm -hmm. One of them is Targets. I don't know if you've seen Targets. You know, I I feel like I really should I really should know Targets. I feel Targets. Uh, I don't. It's his less known. It's kind of a hidden gem. It's it's okay. um, his first major movie. He makes it with um, Roger Corman. Um, right. Corman, Corman gave a lot of a lot of really talented directors their start. He did. He did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of basically brought Nicholson up and yep. uh, all that stuff. And so uh, Corman, I think for targets, Corman tells Bogdanovich, I'll give you something like one hundred twenty five thousand dollars to make your own movie. But you have to use 20 minutes of footage from a movie that I shot five years ago. <laughs> and you have to work with Boris Karloff, who's in the original movie and who still owes me a couple of days work. So Bogdanovich, of course, says, OK, <laughs> yeah. I'll go do that. And, uh, but targets it's, it's so the targets is a, is a fantastic movie and it's in, but I won't go into too much detail about it, but that and paper moon, paper I, moon is are, great. Uh, are really good. Another one of his really big movies is what's up doc. Although that never quite hit me in the same way as the other ones. What's up doc is good. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's solid. It's, it's not like, and then, uh, and I think, I don't know how well mask has aged. But that was a pretty oh, I never movie. saw Mask with Cher. With Cher, yes. Uh it is and um Eric Stoltz. Oh yeah. Eric Stoltz is uh early movies. It's okay. I mean, like <laughs> it's not bad. It's just like I don't <laughs> I don't know how well it's aged, is the best way I can put it. Right. It is it is, I guess, one of the his few sort of big bigger films, sort of post seventies, yeah. I would say, or maybe even post seventy five. Credit where credits do. He did that incredible like four hour Tom Petty documentary. Oh, did he really? I don't think I Which knew is, about that. Oh, it's astounding. It's but it's by the way, it's four hours of Tom Petty. But like he he, he like starts off from when they're like a garage band in like Gainesville, Florida. And, and like like it's it's oh, wow. really good. Like if you're remotely into music documentaries and or Tom Petty, it's yeah. super worth watching. Like I, I I, I was like, wow, this is awesome and audacious at the same time. And I was like, oh, shit, Peter Bogdanovich did this. Like, it didn't even occur to me. Like, in the same way that the Sparks documentary by Edgar Wright is uh, is fantastic and also right. really well. They're very entertaining. They're different kind of movies, but. 
Hey, he did that of, somewhat recently. That was that was probably one of the more, most recent movies he did. Actually, now that I think about it, it do. must have been. I, I I didn't know that he did it. it sounds it sounds great though. I would definitely check that out. I he mean, is. if you got four hours to kill and want to know about Tom Petty, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a recipe for greatness to me. But um, okay, so have you speaking of Sparks? Did you ever see? Um, have you seen Annette? I fucking loved Annette. Yeah, Annette was. I mean, let, so let, let let's let's set set the stage here right like yeah. what's what's in my background and then i don't know if you do an audio ver only version so i'm going to describe this but like, yes I've, describe it i've, I've got a uh, eight by ten glossy of jack nance and a racer head yeah okay? and uh, what i have over here and this this might be a little easy harder harder to tell but yes. this is a um square postcard from the amargosa opera house and hotel in death valley junction this is most known for uh the end of lost highway it's the hotel, oh. the, the Lost yep. Highway Hotel. And it's got an incredible story in and of itself. Marta Beckett, um, this ballerina who was like a big deal in New York, was like moving to L.A., broke down in Death Valley Junction. And while the car was getting repaired, the trailer was getting repaired for the car, she saw this uh, Borax um, company hotel for all the people that were like the Borax miners yeah, uh, that had been like disused for, you know, at that point, like, you know, 40 years something along those lines but it had this really like beautiful little like opera house like tiny little like one room opera house and she basically decided i'm gonna buy this i'm gonna live here and put on shows in freaking death valley junction in like the middle of nowhere and wow. because i've got a bit of a name for myself i know people will come out to see this because she's like yeah. you know miss big deal ballerina so she basically just created this whole world around herself and uh made this incredible huh. um oasis of creativity in the middle of the freaking desert yeah um anyway so that that's a long way around of saying that i love any kind of big artistic venture that has like some degree of like nebulousness or weirdness to it yep. um i think lynchian is completely overused but by the same token like i gotta say like I think it fits a net in a lot of ways and, and yes. in ways that are that are real subtle but like that, that there's a real emotional heart to it uh, not to mention the soundtrack is great. And yeah, I it's I love that it's full on makes no apologies for like what it is or even like necessarily lets you know what it is. Like there's a few times you're like, what is this? What is <laughs> fucking happening right now? But yeah. I like th those are some of my favorite types of movies. And, and, yeah. and I thought Annette was fantastic. And I thought it was like like a week. It was a big deal. And then like nobody talks about it anymore. And they're like, OK, so we saw tick tick boom last night, which is sort of like, okay. Like I enjoyed it, but it was just, it, it's, it's, it's just, it just oozes Lin-Manuel Miranda. Right. Uh, and, and like in all of that with that, it, it's sort of like, I'm sure if I was more of a, like a theater kid or something, maybe I'd be super into it, but I'm just like, yeah, like as much. Yeah. And, and like, I think all musicals are like that now. Like yes. it's sort of like the, uh, the Hamilton ish uh, Hamilton of uh, has become, like so influential that everyone just makes their musicals like that now. Yeah. And I hate it. And I actually didn't, I'm, I, you know, like whatever, maybe I'm being a bad uh, progressive. I don't, I, I didn't hate Hamilton. I just thought it was, I was like, hey, it's kind of cheese dick, but whatever. It's pretty good. I, um, I have to say I never saw it. So I can't, I cannot comment on it, but you know what? I, a lot of people I know saw it and liked yeah. it, but, um, Lindsay saw it and evangelized to me. She's like, you know, I think you might like it. I'm like, all right, fine. Right. Show it to me. I'll fucking right. watch that thing. And so, <laughs> so I watched it. I was like, oh, it's pretty good. You know, like, yeah. and it's, and, and I get why it, it, it sucks that like a lot of terrible people 
really love it. And so therefore, like, we must hate it. It's like, no, no, it's, it's pretty good. But right. the Lin- Lin-Manuel Mirandization of all musicals is uh, somewhat annoying. That said, Tick, Tick, Boom was good. Um, I didn't know Andrew Garfield was even remotely musical, but I mean, hmm. he, he kicked ass at it. But when it comes down to it, it's like, okay, there was that West Side Story, that In the Heights thing, which died on the vine, thankfully, because that looked fucking terrible. The James Corden uh, yes. trying in the air in front of the, the, the... We got one good viral moment out of that movie. Uh, I'm sure it's bad. I'm, it was, I'm sure it's not for me. That's the better yeah. way. Uh, but I think the, well, the best musical of the year is so clearly Annette. Right. But it's yeah, too definitely. crazy. It's too nuts. It's too well, like, artsy. And it also came out at a really weird time, I guess. Like, I think yeah. that um, if it was coming out around, you know, if it came out a month ago, maybe there'd be more sort of talk about it. I don't know. But uh, it came out at a time when movies come out to die, basically. Right. <laughs> well, and uh, so the, and the guy, the director did um, the, the French guy. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, he did like Holy Motors and Boy yeah. Girl and all that. Like he's he's inter- like it's just it's just a bunch of interesting things. And Adam Driver, who like first time I saw him was an episode of Girls, which show I was like one point I was like, why am I watching this? I don't even care about it. Uh, but I liked him in it. And then like right. I've seen him be like really good and stuff, and I've seen him be like, all right, you're doing. I think he can be great. Yeah, he's he's great in um, well, he's great in Marriage Story, I think, and he's great in um. um other things i can't think of them right yeah now. i mean like he you know what i thought he was fantastic in Annette. i thought i thought yes. that was a really good really we- like really weird daring movie and you know what i'm stoked sparks finally got to make like a cool weird movie right you know yeah. and like and it's it's awesome like it's and the the soundtrack is fantastic it's uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's cool but, but it's you know it's it's definitely someone that likes weird shit it was a weird movie yeah sure. and, and like like a david lynch movie it does kind of it it leaves you with an uneasy feeling and that's and that's uh that was my big takeaway from it like mm-hmm. i remember watching it at the end of it thinking oh i kind of feel yeah. weird after watching that movie but you oh, know that's I mean, yeah, absolutely after... makes you feel something though right yes. so that's a, yes. you know as opposed yes. to like a couple movies i saw where i'm like yeah all right that was another experience <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, definitely saw that that is a movie that i saw <laughs> <laughs> So now, speaking of great movies, um, yeah, I was gonna say this has nothing to do with Last Picture Show or Peter. Well, Brown. that's okay. I like that's to move around a little bit, but um, but the Last Picture. Show, so, what what's your experience with this movie? Do you remember when you saw it for the first time? What's uh, so yeah yeah. So I the first time I saw. So first of all, I knew about it for years. I was like, right. wow, what? A, I was like, I wonder what that is like. Uh, like that's such an evocative title. Like, what could that be? That could yeah. be like. That could mean like a lot of things. And for whatever reason, it just took me forever to watch it. And then when I did, I mean, the first thing I noticed was Sybil Shepherd, frankly. I was like, oh my yes. God. <laughs> like, like, holy crap. That, that's like one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And when you grow up, as I did, like as a teenager, you see the show Sybil, you don't quite. Yeah. You're think like, Sybil Shepherd in same, that way. Yeah. Is that the same woman? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very different. But in the same way that, like, um, you know, like Robin Wright. So we're talking about uh, uh, Princess Bride uh, this yep. week. I'm moving extra again. So right. Robin Wright's another example. I think she was like 21 when she was in that movie and just impossibly right. beautiful, right? Uh, and um, just fantastic. Um, was it Jeff Bridges and uh, uh, Timothy Bottoms? Like, it's just a good slice of keep those expectations diminished uh americana and, yeah. and and like you know i was just kind of getting into 
like art house cinema really at the time. Like it was sort of like just sort of exploring, uh, exploring that path and kind of really sort of digging deep and be like, oh, these books I have on film, uh, you know, I've got these ones that I should I should be watching. OK, last picture. Show. That sounds like whatever that is, I bet that's going to be good. And then I saw yeah. and I was and I was and I was just blown away. But I'm like, wow, this is establishes such an incredible mood. Yeah. Like it, there's and it's just and, and I come from a town like it's not, you know, it's not as desolate as that. But I come from yeah. like a, a like a nowhere, nowheresville, America sort of town myself. So, right. you know, it hit home for me in maybe a couple ways that it wouldn't have for others. And uh, I thought it was really rad. Like I, it, it right. just it blew me away. The And, and the, the starkness, like the black and white, like just like the, the and when he just does these like these wide shots and you just 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 see like, oh, yeah, there ain't shit around, man. <laughs> there's, there ain't shit to do and there ain't shit around like i, I yeah. mean that's it's it's astounding i've seen that emulated uh many times and it was probably one of the first times that i thought about uh direction other than um in terms of like a real flashy director like uh quentin tarantino flash cuts yeah. pop, 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 you know like whatever like I, I was like oh no this 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 dude is like super patient he's patient yes. with what he does like and that's that's like his style and it's so perfect for that film because yeah it's you know it's basically just you people these these young people like uh pondering their future you know there's a great letterbox review that was uh uh no country for young men i was like that's great yeah it is it's about, it's about regular people right so you don't necessarily want yeah. to have a, a, a really flashy over-the-top style to to capture it it, would, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't work or it no. wouldn't uh, it wouldn't hit the same way let's put it that way. no and as you but as you point out there is still a style at work like he is creating this sense of mood with his with his style with the way he yeah. uses the camera and it's like uh, some of the references that you've made like all, all the wide shots americana um no country for the no country for old men reference <laughs> It's to be fair, all... that was some dude on Letterbox, but yeah. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but I, it's 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 accurate, and I think the fact yeah. that that we can see it, there is a kind of it's almost like a Western movie, but it's not a Western movie, and like you could you could picture a sh one of those shots where where he's showing that town in Texas. And you could imagine the tumbleweed going by. He, I don't think he <laughs> right. ever does yeah, it. Yeah. I think he stopped short of a cliche like that, but um, tumbleweeds implied is, 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 is a, yeah, exactly. You could see the tumbleweed in your mind, which I think right. is a lyric from a 60s song, but I, but uh, there's a, um, but you do see that sort of empty wide shot kind of thing that you would see in old Westerns, which, you know, there is a Western that he shows in the movie. That's the last movie that's played at the at the movie theater. It, it, it is the actual last titular last picture show yeah yeah that's right red river by by yep. howard hawks and so um so there it, it is kind of it's like a western without the cow like like without all the western accoutrements to something yeah with, with, without the, without the trappings and so like it has yeah. what i call I, I uh years and years ago before i was any goddamn good at writing songs um but wasn't abandoned did, did it anyway i wrote a song called western character and that was one of the movies i, I thought of when i came up with that title because it's got right. a western character yes yeah and yeah, that's okay. So not doesn't have Western characters. It has a character. Oh, to oh it. character, a character to it. That's very so. Okay, so a Lucky. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Lucky? It's the last movie that um, Harry Dean Stanton did. 
No, I never saw it. I never saw it. Uh, I mean, it's 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 awesome, but it, I mean, it's basically Harry Dean Stanton being this this um, Harry Dean Stanton style character sure. who like never <laughs> established deep connections uh, to anyone and just like lives in this like small western town, southwestern town, and like goes about like his life, and you know, you kind of get to see it in all its all its glory and all its glory, right. and it's just that's another one that, that just like big western character energy like mm-hmm. and the fact that the whole character of if you ever spend any time in the american southwest there is like you know like the the, the dust is uh both explicit and implied right and uh, th- there's a certain type of person that gravitates towards towards those um locales and i found it impressive for a number of reasons not the least of which is it's harry, harry stance last movie and it's like very clear that he's everybody including him is very aware of that as well right uh, but it's an, it's another example uh, of that, that I think that it's easy. I think a lot, a lot of movies try to emulate that, but a lot of people kind of miss the um, resting loneliness. Yeah. That. So I, I, that's one of the things that I see at work in this movie too, is there is a lot of, there is a lot of loneliness. Mm-hmm. There is a lack of connection between people. Um, I think, I think maybe the one example where you could see people who are connected maybe two well maybe three <laughs> maybe everybody's connected the three examples that you can see <laughs> it's actually no, all connected well i see a connection between the timothy bottoms character and and yeah. cloris leachman and I see it. Between- Cloris Leishman, by the way, yeah. as 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 a as a you know a younger lady, not not if not like young, like not the yep. figure that we think of when we think of Cloris Leishman in a killer That's role. Right. Yes, she which she won the Oscar for the movie. Yeah. So oh, the- did she? Oh, good. That's good. Oh, good. Like and she's this. great. Uh, <laughs> she is phenomenal in it. And, oh, it's good um, that this movie that was that came out like you know eight years before I was born won an Oscar. Ah, great. Uh, this is awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad they it. consulted with me, you know. <laughs> she finally did it in 1971. Um, and uh, and I guess the, the between the two sort of male characters, Sonny and Dwayne, I, there's sort of a connection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like of a sort, right? In, in a way that. Um, uh, in a way that I think is more depicted more often now. That yes. Maybe than than back then. Yes. Um, and the only other connection that I could see see is also again between Sonny, the main character, and um, Billy, yeah. the um, the the boy the boy who doesn't speak, and uh, and who by the way is Tim Timothy Bottoms' brother played that role, uh, Sam, right? Sam, yeah, Sam, Sam Bottoms. Bottoms. Right. Yeah. yeah, the bottom, Not aka the Bottoms boys. <laughs> the Soggy Bottoms boys were in the Bottoms boys, Sam Bottoms is he's he's like a bunch of stuff. Like, um, I mean, he's in the Outlaw Josie Wales. He's in like Apocalypse Now. Like, he's in a bunch of other shit. Too. Yes, he did all right. He did all right. Yeah, but um, Sam Bottoms, he did okay. <laughs> Here to tell you, those Bottoms boys, they really knew how to act. Let me tell you. Pretty good at that acting. <laughs> uh, Ellen, Ellen Burstyn, by the way, also. Oh, yeah, Ellen uh, Burstyn. Who you can't El- have Ellen... a 70s movie without Ellen Burstyn. Yeah, it's the law, and yeah. for a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she's fin- she's fantastic. One of, one of the great characters in the movie. And, you know, I think actually we can talk about a connection that does exist, but we don't see it on film, actually. 
Uh, it's only talked about, which is the relationship between Alan Burstyn's character, Lois Farrow, who's Sybil Shepherd's mother, and um, Sam the Lion. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you learn that they had this, you know, tempestuous relationship, romantic relationship in the past lively you know it's the only thing that you really hear in the movie that has life in it you know this kind of exciting relationship yeah that it, that sounds exciting in a town that has literally no excitement like yes i mean that was basically their banner should be there's no there's no excitement in this town that's right, right. <laughs> that's right um and and um and also very little like and but but the people who are escaping you don't really feel good for those characters either like no. Shepherd who escapes yeah i don't see she's gonna have a I don't think she's going to have a fantastic life. She seems desperately unhappy and destined to be that way, maybe. And um, Jeff Bridges is going off to fight in uh, in uh, Korea. Yeah, so, well. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's a feel bad movie for the ages, right? Like it's, 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 it's uh, you, you know, you don't you don't say like, I want some belly laughs. Let's throw on the last picture show. That's true. Although, do you think there's, I think that there might be some, there's a lot of funny parts in it, or at least funny. Oh, there, there's definitely some darkly comedic parts. Like, for sure, if you're willing to have a sense of humor about other people's misery uh, <laughs> and and interactions that are probably, you know, in the moment, not at all funny for them, yes. but like, are like hilarious right. if you're watching the film. Yeah. Well, along Absolutely. those lines, like the, 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 the run at the beginning of the movie where um, they keep telling them, have you ever tackled? Did you ever learn how to tackle? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. they're they're a perpetually losing football team. Like they're in high school. Yeah. Um, Tim Timothy Bottoms character Sonny and Jeff Bridges character Dwayne play for the football team. They they're always losing dramatically, it seems. And so the first like five minutes of the movie are them going through town and everybody in town is telling them, Have you ever heard of tackling? Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, because it's it's a small town, right? Yes. It has small town uh, vibes and part of the small town vibes is to be heavily invested in like the local sports team and to feel that you are ostensibly on said sports team, even if you have never played a day of sports in your life. Right. And I think it does a, a low key job of like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right. 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 But like every, everybody wants to get there because they figured no one has mentioned it. Right. You know, it's That's like, right. thought would never occur to them. Like, Oh, clearly I'm the only, I'm the one that knows. So I'm going to bring Yes. <laughs> and just the, like, I'm going to make the clever remark. Like, uh, yeah, watch I, the I'm the guy. Check yeah. this out. Check it out. I'm going to say it. It's going to be great. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, okay. And you're right. It, it doesn't works. even really seem to bother them that much. Like, uh, they're playing. Well, they're probably football. just used to it, right? Yeah. That's like, right. What, what's the line? Uh, everything gets old if you do it often enough. Yes. Right? yes I mean, that, right. that, it was like a miss. You know, it's not the usage for it, but it's the same. It's the same thing where it's yeah. just like maybe the first couple of times it was like, oh, okay, they're talking about football, engaging a lot. It's like, oh, no, they just want to have their say. Yes. They want to feel like they've had their say. And like, that's part of like the miserific existence that is like being in this like small ass little town that just there's nothing happens in. Like that is the entertainment one way or the other. Yeah. Even if the entertainment is like kind of like low key, good naturedly beating up on uh, <laughs> your, your local sports team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, if there is like, you know, because I'd I'd like to try and encourage people to watch it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, oh yeah, I'm just talking about how like what a miserific experience it is and what a bummer everything. No, it's it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it is um, beautiful. And if it's and if if there is some like this is going to be both a sad and maybe uplifting point. Like I I wonder if because something that comes up a lot in the movie to me is like people talking about 
just decisions that they made when they were younger because they thought yeah, that they yeah. were the right decisions to make at the time. And it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't pan out obviously. Didn't so work out the way they thought it was going to necessarily. Yeah. Like the, the, the most significant character, obviously Sam, the lion, when he's talking about, um, you know, his relationship with Lois Farrow, um, and you know what does Lois Lois Farrow was mar- is married. The character is married when she has this relationship with Sam the Lion, and she's yeah. married to a character who you don't see much of in the movie, but is plays a big role. Who's like the oil yeah. man in town, and oil plays this crazy role in this movie. Mm-hmm. Lots of people work, uh, you know. It's d- the you industry. Know, yeah, it's the main <laughs> industry in town, and like and. Sybil Shepard, who's JC, is the daughter of the, those two. And anybody who's dating JC works for her father, obviously, because Dwayne right, worked right. for him at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Sonny later works for him. And then the guy she sleeps with <laughs> midway through the movie as well also works for him. So there is that. But I do think that there is this kind of like, and and sorry, I'll give one more example. And then and, and Cloris Leachman uh, is married to the uh, high school gym teacher, right? Who Dare you know, dream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that was like the great thing for her to do, right? And and yeah. he asks, Sonny asks her because Sonny's having an affair with her. He's like, "Why did you marry him?" And she's like, yeah. ah, he seemed like that. It seemed like the right thing to do at the time." Right. Right. And it just seems like everybody's making these decisions when they're young where it's like, oh, okay, you know, this is this is what I need to do. This is what I should do. And, um, but then they kind of look. F- and I just wonder if this movie is suggesting any kind of escape from that. Like, is it possible to make Yeah, well, the possibility, certainly. The possibility of escape is like, uh, you know, not, if not outright characterized as such, is alluded to and promised almost like, you know, with, with, with the aspirational dreams, but like, the, cause the idea is sort of like, well, this is nothing and nowhere. And if you stay here, you will be nothing and go nowhere. Yeah. Right? And, and, yeah. and that's sort of like just known even people that like, maybe try to be funny about it or try to have a good, like, you know, good hearted feeling. It's like, they know it's like this, this town, that town's dying, that town's yeah. dying and like, won't be around in like a generation. And like, nobody really talks about it. Nobody really explicitly states it all that much, but it's certainly like you as ubiquitous as like the quiet desperation in the dust. Yes. Yeah. And I think, as you say, like when Ellen burst in, you know, she comes in at one point to her daughter's room and JC is Settle Shepard's character. JC is, you know, she's dating Jeff Bridges character, Dwayne and, and, um, and, uh the mother uh, lois is basically saying you should you should play the field you know don't yeah don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't tie yourself down exactly because that's you know like hey, let, let me tell you a thing or two yeah did. yeah and, and like i don't want to i want better for you i think you should you know which which is which is kind of crazy because it's like there's like a tacit admission of of you know not even just settling but just limiting what could have been and like knowing that that door is long since closed. Like there's a yeah. no future door there, but there's still a future door for, uh, for her character, for Civil Shepherd's character. Yeah. But what is wrong with JC exactly? Because I, I can't tell if she's like desperate for some kind of attention from her parents or if she's just desperate for action. Like she's, she wants something to happen. I think it's more the latter. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's I think she, 
and, and and the thing is, I've I've met I've met folks like her who are just very ambitious, but aren't really quite able to articulate it in their way. Right. But they know what they don't want, and they know what right. they don't want to be, and they sort of like define themselves based on. I mean, honestly, like I mean, to a certain degree, I guess you could say that about me. I mean, I like I said, it's not like my still was like some booming metropolis or anything, right? Uh, but you know, I, I think for there's a certain couple types of paths uh, in the non-present times uh, for a woman to kind of get out. And it's usually sort yeah. of like, what's the big, I'm going to go out and go, go to Hollywood and yeah, you know, make it or whatever. And it was a, there's a few other ones, but other than, other than just like random happenstance of like, you know, catching the eye of some, billionaire that rolls through town like you know what, right. what were the options right especially like, right that's right because the movies the movie comes out in 1971 but it's set in 1951 right so yeah. it's set and it's set in this earlier time so you're right the options for women are are incredibly <laughs> limited at this time. like i mean what you know like yeah a <laughs> needle needle through a uh uh trying trying to do a um uh Go go through the eye of a needle. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, but like, no. <laughs> I, I, was like I got you. I was following you. I was gonna wait until you're. I was I was I was waiting for it. I knew it was coming. But um, but yeah, it's it, but it's but by the same token, like it's sort of like it's you know it's it's not told necessarily how there are people to talk about it, but like shown that like you know she but she if anyone can do it, she probably could. That's like, true you know, to a certain degree, right? Like it's shown that she is she is a whatever promising young woman, right? That like yes. she is too big for that town. Yeah, that's true. And what does that mean? Probably nothing. Because, like, you know, to a certain degree, you could imagine, like, uh, her mother probably was, too. And how did that turn out? Right. You know, right. she sees that and, like, by the same, like, neither one wants that path for her. Yeah. Which is kind of wild because it's sort of like you can tell there's, like, a certain degree of, like, resigned sadness about that, too, of, like, you know, you can't, if you're using yourself as an example of what not to do, you can't really tell yourself that everything turned out great can you right that's right really <laughs> and that's heavy advice yeah that's right but and it's such a great it's maybe one of my favorite moments in the movie is at one point and by the way if you haven't seen the movie i do highly encourage you to see it because it's kind of, really really good and it's, yeah. it's uh i mean it's not just like i'm gonna watch this because like you know the dude died like it's like no this is legit like a great film yeah like, I maybe is i think it's best great. personally I think it's one of the great American movies ever made, actually. And and yeah. and so so you have at one point JC marries <laughs> marries Sonny, the Timothy Bottoms character. Yeah. And they go off to get married and they're driving back. They're they're married, they're driving in his uh his uh, convertible. And she's like, Boy, I, I sure hope my parents don't come and, and find us. And he's like, Well, why should your parents come? Because they were eloping and without right. Like, oh, I wrote them a note before. And then this, <laughs> and he's like, what? Why'd you do that? And then this cop car starts coming and she's looking at the, the car like, oh, oh, is it going to stop yeah. us? Yeah. And then it does. Oh, well, it first doesn't. And she like looks like a despondent, like it's not. Yeah, stopping. like, oh. Okay. But it really does demonstrate in such a very, such a real way, like how s there's so little to do in this town that this is what she has. That's entertainment, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna get married step one yeah, get married exactly. and to this guy i don't even really like and uh right whatever yeah 
and something uh, to do. Yeah, you know, it's a Saturday. I got I got something to do. And, <laughs> but that really does demonstrate in this in this stark way just how little there is to do in this in this town. Yeah. Well, I, and you know that that's been played played out multiple times over uh, over the ages. In, in some cases, like showing like the cruelty, more cruelty side. But it, it I feel like yeah. it weirdly lands more on the playful side with that. Yes. Which is like it's not like she's trying to like get him killed or you know yeah <laughs> like whatever but it but it, it's clearly just she wants to that that's a fun game for her well in that sense like they are they are real high school students you know what i mean like yeah. it's a very realistic film in that nothing really all that big happens they make small decisions they have sort of small consequences and that's it you know, and uh, it, it, it's phenomenal in that regard because it is just this kind of really but very think, nicely done small film. But but I think it also shows that some of those small decisions and small consequences have the ripple effect that lead towards larger life definitional uh, decisions, and especially yeah. I'm going to say this. I thought about I think about this movie way different now than when I saw it at like 19 or something. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, like it, it, I was like, oh, in did not think about that. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Yep. 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 Especially when it's like, oh, you know, when you have your whole life ahead of you, you look at things a certain way. When and when you've like lived a lot of life and you see films where people are pondering that, that hits you differently. And yeah, being, I academically understand what this character is going through. To like, oh yeah, yeah I remember when. Yeah. That, okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But the movie really is. Yep. Like, it is. It's like this is you expected things to go a certain way, and it, yeah. it didn't really go a certain way. But also, Bogdanovich makes the really fascinating choice of really just focusing on the young people, and you get these. It's their story. Yeah. yeah. And you get these glimpses of this is what the future could be. Sam the Lion, the Cloris Leachman character, yep. the, the Lois Farrow character. Um, and also, I think another remarkable thing that Bogdanovich does is, is he, to really emphasize the lack of connections between people. Like there's, there's a lot of scenes of sexuality in the movie, but mm, they're mm -hmm. all incredibly awkward. There's yeah, not a exactly one of them that's like titillating they're all awkward so i'm glad you said that because like this this to a certain degree is a relentlessly horny movie but like yeah. <laughs> but in the way that actual teenagers are rather than the stylized yes. version of like everyone always knowing the right thing to say and knowing the right thing to wear and this and that what there's just a lot of like kind of pregnant silences there's like a lot of you know pining dot gif kind of like moments like you know yeah. like and like there's something um kind of sweet and heartbreaking about that at the same time yeah but you wouldn't want it to change right like you you enjoy the fact that like these these kids are like at this inflection point of like this is when one way or the other they're gonna start losing this innocence and it's gonna yeah. you know the the clear indicator is it's gonna go this way of like they're going to become a townie like you know their parents or the other people you know maybe and then like whoever ends up on the football team can get they can ask them about the <laughs> about if they know how to tackle right yeah <laughs> well you yeah. know because when i did bob but you know like like and, and that's the uh the glory days mentality yeah use a springsteen in some 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which isn't to say that people can't be happy doing that, right? But like sure. to to see like the moment of like, well, one way or the other, stuff's about to change. Yeah, for all of these kids, and the and tacitly, I think Bogdanovich does a pretty good job of being like, look, there's not much reason for any of them to stay. So you're kind of rooting for them to get out without knowing how they would do that. Yeah. And I think that that's so perfectly uh, think about like, uh, well, I don't remember the exact year supposed to take place, but think about like on the road, right? When on the road came out yeah, and what a revolutionary book it is. And I don't want to talk about the cult of Kerouac, you know, like whatever this and that, but like, of just like, you know, the dude who went on the road and wrote a book about it because that's a thing you could do. And the idea being like, what you could, Oh, like like yeah, in American yeah. culture that didn't exist before. Yeah. And say what you will about like, you know, dudes and it's always dudes discovering Kerouac for the first time becoming total douchebags. Okay, fine. But like <laughs> the idea of like the allure of the open road and the possibility that entails like this is set before that. I think Bogdanovich did a great job. It's interesting because Paper Moon's set in the depression. So like I yes. think his, his two best movies are not contemporary to like where he was making movies. But I think he wanted to tell a little bit of history towards like, Hey, you know, that stuff that we think about that we all like, you know, there were times that, that those doors have are open to us now, but they were not open to us not that long ago. And to show yeah. the limitations is a really interesting way to do it. Cause it's so patient. Yeah. And showing that just absolutely just, just patient. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can choose to interpret that a couple ways. Like I know people that are like strict, um, if not uh, 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 hateful of people being around just uh, uh, introverts that love like living in an isolated environment. They're like heaven. Awesome. And I know some people that are like, that looks like hell. And I know a lot of people that are, that are in between, but I think it is a pretty good job of showing that like, look, if you like this kind of lifestyle, this town is dying. Yeah. Like this town and is not going to be around for that much longer. Yeah, and without and, being like, hey, it's crazy how the town isn't going to be around much longer, right? Like he shows it, he shows it on yes. the screen. Yeah, and and I think at the other aspect of that is anything that could potentially hold that those people together. And I'll give two things that could hold them together. One is just basic um, interpersonal relationships could hold yeah. that town together, but those are very few and far between. Sonny and his father, there's one scene between them that's so incredibly awkward. It's at the that dance. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the father comes over and is like, hey, son. It's the most, it's it's an incredibly awkward scene. Hey, it's, it's, it's it's so, it's just goobers, you know? Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> and then they just, they just walk away from each other. And that's it. That's yeah. the only time you see them at all together in the movie. That's the only yeah. time you see the father, I think. And and you know in those scenes of sort of uh, those of those scenes of sexuality, like the other scene, you're absolutely right that you get the kind of classic teenagers fumbling through sort of sexual activity, yeah. but then there's also like the first time Cloris Leachman's character and um, and Sonny have sex, and and Bogdanov, it's again another funny moment where like he focuses on Cloris Leachman taking her shirt off and it gets stuck on her head. And yep. it's just we're we're sitting there watching this for yeah, watching you know, it all unfold. and yeah. he's like slowly they're in separate corners taking their clothes off and yeah. you know they get caught on things 
and that's how sexuality it's, works. It's, it's 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 not cool looking at all. Like no, it, it, it really is not. It really is not. And in fact, my my partner walked in uh, as I was watching part of the movie, and ever since then, the other night, and ever since then, she's referred to it as your pervy movie. But I keep trying <laughs> to say, no, it's not. It's. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it's it's it is it's it's crazy how it rides that line, though, that like it, yeah. it shows, you know, this, this sort of um, low key simmering desire uh, of the young that's like tied up with. Yeah. Wanting well, to go it... and be somewhere else and do like it's all like intertwined together as like one big thing. Like that's probably like if you're if, if there was like an internal dialogue, which would make this movie terrible, by the way, which yes. characters, it would be like one like run sentence of all these things put together right yeah because that's how it is when you're that age yes 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 and and um and so yeah there is a lot of like there is a lot of sexuality in the movie a lot of scenes oh, yeah. involving sex but um not it's so never made to look that cool though it's also no. just which is which i love because it would have been yeah. you know like it would have been a very different kind of movie if it was like, yeah and it, and it would have it would have subverted the point well, and even the the famous scene of Sybil Shepherd on the on the diving board is again the same thing. Like it's the same thing as the Cloris Leachman Sam Bottom yeah. scene, except just with her, and and she's just slowly taking up, and then he keeps cutting to like just the people in the pool watching her. Yeah, and then the and then the and then the boy, the little brother who's there, who's right. watching as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, there's nothing at it's all about at all of entertainment options. <laughs> it's pretty cable, mind you. That's right. That's right. So you know, there's that. So there's no real good interpersonal connection, but also like Sam the Lion, they call he calls the soul of the city at one point. You know, Sam the Lion owns the pool house. He owns the movie yeah, yeah. theater. He owns all these things. And then he dies halfway through the movie. And so then the, the so-called soul of the city is now gone. And just okay. these things that were bringing people together, like the movie theater. Um, you know, people are now, it's 1950, early 1950s. People are starting to watch television in their own homes, right. as we see in, in, the, in, the, in the movie as well. So you get a, whatever there was that could have possibly saved this dying city as you say those things are slowly slipping it's, away as well it's not going to come back like there's no not going to come, come back certainly yeah. not in a way that would have any impact to the community and bring people together like it, it, you know and and that's that's very much an american story of that of that time period right like i mean that's something that has been played for comedy and something that's been played for drama in the way that for better or for worse and in the same way that now like uh, the impact of like broadcast television, like when I think of a network or something where it's like you had 66 million people watching the same show at the same time yeah. before cable television and then turn that to like the balkanization of the internet where everyone has their own little private internet that they get to like get their entertainment or infotainment or information from that. It's just another example of, so the American, I mean, it's the American adolescence, really. That's what the, the 60s were, which even though this is a movie about the 50s, it's really about the 60s. Mm. Yeah. And I think he does it. He it's, it's amazing that he managed to pull it off in that way, because it's not even like as much. I love Easy Rider. That's very much like, oh, yeah, it's a 60s movie. We get it. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it's very much a, we get it. The summer of love, we understand, right? But <laughs> it know, is like, easy. Ride is a great movie as well, but uh, it's fantastic. But it's more over about like, like it's 
uh, <laughs> well, spoiler alert for a movie that's much older than I am. Uh, again, doesn't does not end well. Uh, no, for for the rebels, right? For the for the for the for the the good guys who eventually probably became yuppies. Uh, I mean, I mean, if you want to watch a movie where the main characters die at the end, just any movie from any movie from 1968 to 1974, you can basically Bonnie and Clyde. Another, I mean, like it was, it was, but the, but think about, it. and so this is a parallel conversation, right? Because think about it in terms of like what was happening culturally, right? Anyone that yeah. made any change or really like pushed anything forward, you know, like they got got, yeah. Yeah. And like that was just like that's just the way it is, you know. Yeah. Like uh, 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 as far as, as that goes, I mean, you know, JFK, Martin Luther King, you know, Malcolm X, like all of these. If you were like a change maker, uh, and and even like you know, extending into the seventies, even like you know Saint John Lennon, yeah, off by a maniac, right? Yeah. And, and and that's um that weighed heavy upon that generation. But I think one thing the last pictures show shows is the death of the 50s it shows mm -hmm. the death of the 50s without anyone realizing that's what's happening mm -hmm. so a lot of people i mean do you i do get the sense that bogdanovich himself was a very nostalgic guy if you ever talked to him or talk to him i never talked to him if you ever <laughs> no, no, uh, we talk all the time we got we got a zoom call coming up next week i think he might be late <laughs> if you if you've seen an interview with him you know he's he's very obsessed with old movies and you yeah. know howard hawks uh, looms very large yes uh, over yes. over bogdanovich like I said, that that last the last picture at the at the last picture show is a Howard Hawks movie, Red River. What's up, Doc? Is a Howard Hawks tribute to the screwball comedy. Um, there's a line in Targets about Howard Hawks was the greatest storyteller. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's you know he, obviously Orson Welles is is uh, is a huge influence on Bogdanovich. And in fact, Orson lived on Peter Bogdanovich's couch for he sure did yeah for a while <laughs> the mighty have fallen but um yeah yeah <laughs> but uh so Peter Bogdanovich had this great reverence for sort of classical Hollywood yeah um but a lot of you know a lot of people say about last picture show that it's it's a movie that is both very much of its time but also at the same time, very much of another time. And, and that is in some ways what's so interesting about this movie. Yeah. That it's, it's, it's a 1950s movie, but it's also very much a 1971 movie that this movie couldn't have ever been made in the 1950s, but there's, there is this reverence for that time period and it's in black and white and all of that stuff as well. I mean, I back that. I mean, like I said, like again, culturally, it's, it's uh, the much like it's it still managed to overshadow all culture, like the 1960s and especially the late 1960s. Like, yeah. it's just, like it's the cultural defining moment of like the next like 50 years, right? Because yeah. because of everyone just won't shut the fuck up about it. But by the same yeah. token, like we cannot overstate the influence of like the beats and. Um, this the idea that it was being floated for the first time after people got over like you know the post-war uh baby boom because remember that's where the baby boom came from right everyone came back from war uh they bought a house you know started a family that yeah. led to the baby boomers right that's but right, then yeah. what do you do after that well 
maybe you start like being like, hey, is there something else out there? Is there something else out there for me to find? And that's one of the things why like a lot of people like Hoover thought that like the beats were so subversive. It, it was like, oh, they're 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 selling a degenerate lifestyle, which is basically to say not the nuclear family, which is now even though at that time it's like been around for like not even ten years, but the only acceptable norm. Yeah, <laughs> this is the only way that you could possibly be is a normative you know, nuclear family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which you got to admire the, by, by the way, you have to, you have to admire the stones of framing that when it was still was like that new culturally, but like, no, this is the only way that you can, and to have it still have people like kind of flying that flag. That's true. Like, I never really thought about that before that, you know, how it's amazing how quickly it went from this invented thing to the norm. That's not yeah. usually how it happens, right? It's Ooh. usually a while for it to, to solidify. Yeah. yeah so, it, I mean, it, and and that has a lot to do with, you know, the type of America that America was at the time. But then yeah. then you bring in like ostensibly, you know, the beats you have like, a, you know, you have, you have Ginsburg and Burroughs, you know, Kerouac, like all, all these uh, Bukowski <laughs> for the dirtbags. Right. And, <laughs> and all kind of being like, hey, you know, maybe this is not all it's cracked up to be. And maybe there's like a whole lot more interesting stuff that's out there. And so people start like getting like, you know, the idea in their minds. And that's the really the first time people have the freedom to do that. Because think about like uh, pre-World War II, right? It's like, okay, get the depression. You're lucky if you have a job. And if you, if you right. do have a job, you're going to say, you're going to bust your ass all day long to make sure that you can keep it. So you can support your entire extended family. Uh, you know, like I'm thinking of uh, like Willy Wonka in the Charlotte Factory, Chocolate Factory, where they got like, you know, both sets of grandparents in the beds and like, you know, it was like the whole freaking extended family is all like lounging. Yes, that's, um, that was the most you could hope for at that. At that right, time. exactly. But, but, like, hey, but we all, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it's which is hilariously depicted in that way, by the way. But like, I think that it's it's um, this is the first time that people started thinking about what rebellion could look like. Yeah, that later became very much like, oh, it looks like this in the 60s, right? Like, yeah. oh, he's here's the culture identifiers. You grow your hair long, you listen to rock music, you take drugs, et cetera, et cetera. And then it became like, you know, a set of rules or whatever. And that's a whole separate discussion. But well, this is true. like that generation. Sorry for interrupting, but that that generation, no. too, like I, like John Lennon has that quote. I just came across it a couple of weeks ago where John Lennon was say, said, all of our parents, you know, our parents always talked to us about the war. We couldn't do this because of the war. We couldn't do that because of the war. And and Lennon said, he's like, I'm sorry about that, but uh, that's not our war. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. And and that was the beginning of of that mindset of like, hey, that that does suck. But yeah, uh, I, I, that doesn't have anything to do with me. And, yeah. and that is and remember Last picture shows 71. That stuff was yeah. like three years ago. Think about like, okay, you know what's happening three years ago? That was 2019. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. think about like that, right? Which like that literally like 2019 is like, oh wow. Oh yeah. Well, we were on tour, so that was different. But like other than right. that, it's like I feel exactly the same. Like whatever. Like that is not like a recent memory. That's like just happened. Yes. So I know it has it has been an insane three years. <laughs> It, it has, but but time itself seems to work. Uh, That's true. Pandemic time. But well, like the point of fact is that like he tells a story about the 1950s, but he's trying to tell a story about the endemic nature of uh, what he likes and what he found freeing about the 1960s. Think about what's happening at that time, right? There's like yeah. the beginning of French New Wave. I mean, as a filmmaker, oh my God, what a great time, right? Yeah. 
it's yeah. only going to get better because that's before Coppola really starts working. That's before Scorsese really like, you know, yeah. digs in his heels. Like, I mean, but at the time to, to be like, oh, my God, look at all of these possibilities of these stories that we can tell. To and tell I a think... story like that. That's, sorry, but that, that, no. that's, that's ostensibly t set in the 50s, but it's really about what he considered, you know, at the time, modern times. Yeah. Makes it somehow timeless, which is crazy. Yeah. Because that's a hard that's a hard beam to walk. And I think it is along those lines hard to um hard to not talk about this film without talking about that sort of new Hollywood movement, which emerges sure. is very much influenced by the European art house cinema, um, especially the French New Wave. So movies like Breathless and Jules of Jim, 400 Blows, movies like that. Um, 400 Blows, again, a Truffaut film about, about a kid. Uh, again, I think you can sort of see that lineage from that a movie like that to a movie like The Last Picture Show. Like no, no real, not, not tons of hope in that movie. You know, no. it's sort of just like, oh, poor kid. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> this is, again, it's one of my all time. Like that would be ah, in the top fantastic. five favorite movies. Yeah. 400 Blows. Really remarkable. Forget about it. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but you can see the kind of connect, and so all, all these kind of American filmmakers um, see those movies and then get inspired yeah. to basically start their own kind of cinema beyond the, the confines of the studio system. And Bogdanovich, I think, in some ways becomes at first a, a, a major figure in that in that movement. And yeah. I, I, it's funny when you mentioned Tarantino before. You're right. There's no flashiness. There's not the same kind of flashiness, but. But Bogdan, I heard somebody say that Bogdanovich was in many ways like the Tarantino of his time in that. Absolutely. Yeah. In, in, in the way that like, exactly. He was like, you know, whatever the, the, auteur, the auteur, right? The auteur. Yeah. Theory. Like, like, and, you know, he was cool. Yeah. And yeah. like, you know, and like, at, you know, at one point Peter Bogdanovich was like, he was like the cool hip guy. Right. And, and like, that was at a time where filmmakers started to become stars themselves. Yeah. So just like today, like if, you know, when they're selling a Tarantino film or uh, when they're promoting it and they do like the talk show circuit, they obviously do the stars in his movies because he has big stars in his movies, but he'll also go out too. So he'll be on yeah. different talk shows. And, and, and that was what Bogdanovich did back in his day too. Um, yeah. Along with a lot of those other new Hollywood filmmakers like Scorsese, but but because he'd be like, yeah, I'll talk about it. Like, whatever. Sure. Yeah. You know, whereas like, you know, Truffaut might be like, oh, well, I don't know. You know, OK, we get it. We get it. You're artsy. Uh, meanwhile, Agnes Varda's over here being like, what do you want to know? I'll tell you anything about it. <laughs> oh, no, no. You're a woman. You couldn't possibly. Do that. <laughs> I can meanwhile, tell you Cleo from five to seven was like. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i was just gonna say cleo from five to seven like you know played with time in a way that like you know, she should be getting royalties uh from <laughs> some filmmakers who i will not name but anyway uh yeah point of fact is that like you know the sexism was a, was a real thing around that time period but if you were dude you know gold rush yeah well along if you were like I mean... a visionary director like i have my vision and it's gonna look like this and you know all the better if you can play around with it in a way that fits in with the times which is to say literally anything having to do with rebellion or yeah. like just do something unexpected or different yeah yeah and i think well and actually along those lines too yeah uh cleo to five cleo from five to seven is one of the great french new wave films and often Highly disregarded, I think. Um, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and I think we have to presume that the major reason for it is because it's a yeah. it's a lady who who directed it, Agnes Varda, who just died recently as well. I know, right, and uh, they finally they finally gave her they finally gave her an award before, right before the end. But it's like wow, yeah. you just almost waiting for the buzzer for that one. But yeah, <laughs> thanks for thanks for doing that. They did. I mean, they, I, they <laughs> they finally got it in, in time, but like, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there's no other way to put it. Right. Like, I mean, as, as, as much as, um, you know, like a lot of the other, like quote unquote masters of the French new wave are kind of like, you know, taught in film school and, and, and are people that are not film nerds talk about them. Like, you know, I just started sitting over here just like making like the ultimate, like vibe movie that again, plays around with fucking time 10 years before this comes out. Yeah. And, and you have and you have to think about the fact that like because everyone's watching everyone else's stuff too, right? Yeah. That you, you see a movie like that and you start thinking about like, wow, that is basically real time between two hours. Yes. So what else can you do with time? So that yeah, that yeah. leads to these like these these very patient explorations and you know, not being hurried about things. Cause like, well, what is time? Like, how can you how can you tell a story? you know, that tight and taut and have it be basically happening like in real time. And I mean, not that I, you know, not that I think it's a direct inspiration for the last picture show, but I think, again, that's important to point out that like, he's not hurrying up with the cuts. No, you know, he no. wants to show that this is a place where fuck all happens. So he yeah. shows a lot of fuck all happening. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a wild concept nobody was you know people weren't really doing that like sure you had like you know some like exterminating angel or something where it's, it's like oh here's just people in a room and they can't leave the room which is like ultimately the first version of a hot lava game yeah. uh but but i mean like that's that's a different type of like using um using this the space to like uh like expand the ideas of what the space can be right so bogdanovich takes this this shitty small town again the implied tumbleweed uh, you know, come and come through it. This, this yeah. is dying. It will not be there. Yeah, it, it it is not going to be around later. You know, later on, and it's just going to get worse. And he just instead of anybody like announcing that, like having like some big like soliloquy about it, like it just shows it. Yeah, and you know that it's not going to. If they just stick, if these kids stick around, you know, first of all, like not all of them are probably going to make it out. But whoever sticks around is probably not going to have a good go of it. Probably gonna no. turn out just like it did for their parents and for the older characters, which is just yeah. depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But seriously, folks, you should go and see it. It's a but, no, but but it's but the thing is it's so here's all right, so let's turn that around, right? Uh I think Last Picture Show is a huge vibe movie, which people yeah. seem to be discovering in a way that like if you would tell me people were like, you know, fucking around with like stalker and stuff like that and like getting into it, I'm like, wow, that's holy moly that is that is not how my generation looked at it like at all like you were right. like you were like what are you, why are you watching this shit you know but like um nothing happens you know nothing happened that's it's awesome though you know like, <laughs> but people you know the kids so to speak whatever i mean this has it all right because it's like think about how timeless it is again and and this is one of the reasons why if it was, if it was sexier it wouldn't work yeah because it's it's kids being just aimlessly and relentlessly horny but like not really have any idea of what to do about it and it's all tied up with a bunch of other stuff like that's always going to be the case yes yeah. what's the difference they don't have cell phones in their hands okay right well i mean you know it, it, it's still it's still gonna work yeah and and it it's so was so smart of him just to like not glamorize it yes yeah 
Because that not... just wasn't done. No. no. <laughs> Everything had to be Rebel Without a Cause. And I love Rebel Without a Cause. But everybody had to, like, look cool and be cool. And, and this yeah, is the and it's it like, is... yeah, no one's really that cool in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's it's, it's it's taking a movie like Rebel Without a Cause and just and just paring away at it until it's at its most kind of yeah. like simple. And this is the this is the world as it actually is. Um, and there's really no rebels in this town. <laughs> no, no, I'm that. So that's another thing. What what else would ruin this movie? Yeah, well, if there was like, hey, I'm gonna get out and go, blah, 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 I'm a rebel, blah blah. You know, the scrappy duization of Last Picture Show would be terrible. Right. Yeah, I mean Jeff Bridges is veering into that territory, but he, he never he, he gets right up to the doorway, right? Yeah. But like then he did, but he doesn't really have yeah, he's got nothing to back it up with. So. And he keeps getting deflated. Like I think yes. JC uh Sybil Shepherd's character um you know helps to deflate that. Like again, like again, another in another example of the awkward sexuality, uh the first time they well, the first time they attempt to have sex, he he cannot perform. And then the second time he like, so you see them, you see like, you know, a few days later, it's uh, them singing the school anthem at the school. And he's just like, yeah. let's, what? I can do it again. Let's try it again. I can yeah, do it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's not thinking about the anthem. You know? No. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell it, it's, he's been constantly thinking about this since yeah, that yeah, moment it's, it's in the hotel. Like yeah. constant, like run. I can make it work. Head. I can make it work. Yeah. I just need some mango. So then they, uh, sorry, it's a little Seinfeld reference there. So then they uh, they they go to the motel and obviously it, it, it happens that time. But as he's, as he's leaving, he's like doing this. He's like, ah. Yeah, yeah, and she yeah. says, "Stop pressing." I don't think you did it right, anyway. <laughs> which is great. It's like he's not even allowed to have that, you know. No, like, which, which, is, which is fine. He doesn't deserve it. Like, no, like, again, cause, no, because that comes back to the fact that these are real people, and like, mm -hmm. you know, that they're, they're. How often do you get to triumph in real life? Like, uh, like unasterisked, un, um, you know, unfootnoted triumph. Like, it's 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 no. rare, right. and. and I, again, it wouldn't it wouldn't work if he if he like was the venerated one. It wouldn't no. work in the same way. In the same way that um, like I like Fast Times at Ridgemont High a lot. And one of the reasons I like it is that even like Damone, who is set up as like the coolest cool kid, he has all the con you know has all the concert tickets and like he knows yeah he's he's he's, he's uh telling his buddy how they get with girls and this and that and the other but even then it's like he's he fucks up all over the place too mm -hmm. right and it and it yeah. he's not shy about that and it shows right, that right. like it's not that he's evil it's just that he like fucking just kind of doesn't know what to do and some and like it wouldn't be the same if he just got to be Mr. Cool Guy the whole way through yeah would it still be cool sure. But it wouldn't it wouldn't hit the same way. And I think that's a really interesting movie that is based off of actual high schoolers. Right. Right. Which is which makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Yeah. And I think that the same thing applies to Last Picture Show, too, because there are there's there's nobody you could call a good guy or a bad guy in this movie. And even though Sonny acts, you know, tries to act as best as he can, I think he's still, you know, a big a big a big turn in this movie is the fact that he's having this affair with ruth with cloris leachman i think her name's ruth and and then that just right. and leaves her uh without saying anything for um yeah. for jc for Sybil shepherd right and she's like she's trying to continue making some connection but he doesn't even he won't even talk to her and so yeah 
you know, so he's obviously he's not squeaky clean in this in this movie, and it certainly doesn't make any you know it doesn't make that a secret that he's just not he's not that great either. So there's no perfect yeah. characters in this movie, but there's nobody who's there's seems, no villains either. No, there's no like villains either. Again, the the worst the worst things that happen in this are largely born out of boredom. Yeah, you know? yeah, uh, and like. That's very true to life, too, for small town. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, apparently a big thing with this movie, like the thing that really caught people by surprise, was that it was in black and white. And it was a bold decision because black and white was not considered cool. No. <laughs> like at all. But you know what's funny about this? I, I think as a, as a musician, I think you'll appreciate this metaphor. I was thinking about this today because I was trying to I was trying to think about why this was because it hadn't been that long since there were cool movies in black and white. Like right. certainly in Europe, they're still making black and white movies up until the, the mid 60s. You know, personas right, right, in black yeah, and yeah. white. Absolutely, um, yeah. Masculine feminines in black and white. Um so you have these kind of mid sixties black and white movies, but I think, and tell me what you think of this metaphor. If you go back to like the sixties in music, you had this turn from mono to stereo that happened almost overnight. So for yeah. a long time, mono is, is the king. Like Beatles people... put out mono and stereo mixes of their records. Yes. And, but, and apparently like they, they're much, the Beatles would have been much more, um, invested in the mono mixes so yeah. i think they were around for when they did the mono mix of sergeant pepper and then you know just left george martin to yeah. kind of yeah, do yeah, yeah. george will sort it yeah yeah that's not important <laughs> yeah, that, that's nice exactly and now that's 1967 two years later i think abbey road comes out yeah just to continue the and i think it i i think it only comes out in stereo and yeah. and that's how fast the turn is from like mono is the way we do things to if you do things in mono you're no longer with the times, and I think that right. the, the same was true with the black and white color thing. Well, sure. I mean, so so think 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 of where culturally seventy one, right? So like what uh, Patton wins Best Picture, but George C. Scott refuses the Oscar because like he you know it's like wanted to talk about like the, the hollow the hollowness of getting an award for basically some it's a meat market ostensibly right like, right so i forgive i forgive the speeches but you know in that same way think of things that like uh, so speaking as a musician i have been making music long enough where it was like the cd was the thing like you know if you make vinyl you're like what are you doing and then suddenly something changed and like now you have to make vinyl and nobody right. like cares about cds anymore and right. then like, oh, but maybe people care about cassettes. Oh, no, they really don't. Actually, what people really want to do is just listen to shit on Spotify. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, and 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 also there's like the training, uh, the, the organized training that people have done to like not own music anymore, but yeah. to rent it. To rent yeah. it. Like, and, right. and people have been trained over the course of, uh, and because that's the only way that the music industry has been able to like claw back some degree of um, autonomy, as, as they would call it, uh, away from the consumer. And people chose just like we chose to give up uh, freedom for safety with the Patriot Act. We chose to uh, give up rewarding artists for instant availability uh, with streaming. But all yeah. that has happened culturally in a very small amount of time. Like, and, and it's just going to get crazier. Like the 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 changes are going to be like so much more different. I mean, the fact that you can you can shoot a feature length 
motion picture on a phone now. Mm. Right. Like, you yeah. know, whereas like, you know, okay. Like I look at videos that I took 12 years ago and I'm like, Oh my God, that looks awful. <laughs> it looks Man. like someone's last known photograph, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I, you know, it's stuff changes quickly. And, and we think about it in terms of like, we don't even think about it that it does because it happens so quickly and we don't even think about how quick it is until we'd be like, Oh wow. Remember when this happened? You know, remember when people talking about tiger King? Wow. That was nuts. How many years ago was that? You know, apparently um, they put out another season of it. Uh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't pay me to watch it. I mean, I, I watched the original it. one. I was just like, did it? I, I was like, I was like this. It, it, it went up to annoy me to a point of like, if this gets even a little bit more annoying, I'm out. And like it stayed right at that point. I'm like, OK, I'm not going to talk about it, but I saw the thing. Fine. Right. I understand <laughs> the memes now. Great. I feel really proud of myself. I just kept hearing how crazy it was. And that was just, every, that's the only thing you could say. It's crazy. Lodge 49, which is a brilliant show, one of the most brilliant shows on television, unique, interesting, kind of dirtbag pension is probably the most reductive way to put it. Okay. Uh, died on the vine because nobody, it didn't find its audience in, in time. Meanwhile, people watching fucking Tiger King. And I'm like, Christ, I fucking hate humanity. Um, <laughs> But anyway, good lord, Tiger King really did a number on you. Well, it's 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 not you know it, it's Tiger King. It's like the Sharknado. It's it's <laughs> it's like the snakes on the plane. Sort of like the hey everybody, we're liking anything, the thing anything that's animal sucks. related, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, noted animal hater going to know. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's it's just there there are certain flashpoints, inflection points of of uh, popular zeitgeist based content that I think are just willful celebrations of things that are marginal at best is the best way to put it. And probably terrible. Right. Right. And some of it's sort of like, Oh, it's, it's fun. Hey, Samuel Jackson's in the snakes on the plane movie. I'm tired of all these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane because we all say the line, say the line, Sam, you know, like we, we expect that out of him. Okay, fine. And then it comes the ultimate culmination of that I think is integrating it's 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 a Sharknado where I'm like, hey, everybody, we made a piece of shit. Check out the piece of shit we made. Want to see 17 sequels of this piece of shit? No, I really do not. I will not. But that's you know what? Also, I don't hate watch things. Right. I only watch things I like. And, and if I think something like, for instance, one of my favorite book series is The Dark Tower. I have never seen the movie that came out. I won't won't watch it. Not going to do it. No way. Not going to happen because I like it too much. Right. I like it too much. And you so know you're not going to like the show. I'm going to be bummed out at best and pissed right. off at worst. Right. So, so point of fact, is... though, is it, but 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 all this guy, I come back to the original point of, of um, things happening quickly. Like it went from being. Oh, no, we really want to do a 2001, right? We want to have like the most vibrant Technicolor like coming at you. And I think Bogdanovich is just like, no, this is this, this. This is like an arid town where nothing happens. Like it shouldn't mm. look as boring and like flat as possible to the point mm. that I'm going to like exaggerate that and make that like a character in the movie practically. Yes. Well, Which yeah. is something that think think of Malik, right? Think of Terrence yeah. Malik and, and, and like you know many people have like done that and like taken that to the nth degree mm -hmm. uh now. And I I you know Badlands is one of my favorite movies of all time mm. as well. Yeah. But like Bakhtovich is something here where it's like this is one of the great black and white movies. Yeah. Can you imagine if like, I mean, the, the joke used to be, oh, no, watch out. Ted Turner's going to come in with his crayon box, right? Can you imagine like a colorized last picture? Show? Oh, fuck it would out be of awful. Here. It would Get be the awful. fuck out of here. Yeah. 
Looking out of here true. with the crayons. <laughs> yeah, no, that it would be awful. And actually, it's interesting. I, I looked. I just looked at the quote where um, you know uh, this is uh, Ellen Burstyn says to Sybil Shepherd at one point, "Everything is flat and empty here." And if you want to find out about monotony, real quick, Mary Duane. And I think that you, uh, you, it's true that like if this is the world that we're supposed to be in you know, yeah. then, then Bogdanovich. And I'm, I'm somebody who thinks that I love black and white photography. I think it's really beautiful. And oh, it have, yeah. Yeah, lots of, yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. I got, um, I got one of uh, Dale Cooper and uh, Sheriff Truman over there too. And I got, oh, one there of you Olympics. go. I got a, but actually the only photos I think seem to have in this room are all black and white. So anyway, whatever that's, that's, yeah. that's about stuff that's in my room that you can't see. Right. <laughs> Someday, someday you should you should do a little turnaround. Yeah, on movie night to extravaganza. Do it for, uh... <laughs> It'll be like movie night extravaganza at cribs. Yeah, <laughs> you can finally but... see what what the hell Andy's looking at when he looks to the left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Spoiler alert: probably his family. Right, could could very well be. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see Forrest go through the door that's open in the back. When I, think, right. I feel like I'm just trying to pick. You know. I think that would be good. That'll be the season two ender. <laughs> the season two ender should be him walking through the door and then it just cuts off yeah. and then and then it should be to be continued. Yeah. Um, exactly. we'll, we'll play uh, Don't Stop Believing. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, continue, please. Well, and then but black and white photography, black yeah, and white. Yeah, but it's yeah. not like it's not like the kind of um, you know. Ingmar Bergman, black and white, shadow no, no. oriented. It's a very flat um, black and white. Yeah, and I say that. So that's a good point because I say that as a, as a fan, as a huge fan of like Seventh Seal. Like, yeah. by the way, like uh, I'm I'm glad I saw Seventh Seal when I was younger because like considering how many times it's been homaged and referenced in like culture, yeah. I would think it was going to be a totally different kind of movie. Yeah, quite a fact. It's pretty darkly funny. Like that's a oh, darkly a funny movie. Fun yeah, and people just just like only. You know, because it was so striking, those black and white images were so. Oh, there's death, and they're they're playing chess. You know, oh, that's yeah. crazy, and that's people just focused on that because it's. I mean, it's beautiful, and it's amazing, but like that in and of itself, the way Bergman did it was extraordinary. And I, yeah. the fact that Bogdanovich chose to make this look as unextraordinary as possible, in fact, mm -hmm. makes it ex extraordinary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think like you say, like it's 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 evokes it evokes a mood and, you know, a, a movie like The Seventh Seal and, um, you know, Persona, they evoke uh, I mean, th those two movies evoke two very different kinds of moods from each other. Right. I don't want, I don't <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah so not... But um, <laughs> and as, as somebody who's a David Lynch fan, like I certainly see a lot of persona in, in David Lynch, a lot of David Lynch's work, definitely. Sure. Um but I mean, um, look, look at and look at the like the patient. I mean, all right, so let's talk about a racer head, right? Like the scene where, like, you know, Jack Nance is getting on the elevator and just like you see the elevator, you see it, you see it, you see it, and it's like doors closed, <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, like, what? and yeah. it seems like you're like, what the fuck is happening right yeah. now? <laughs> watching a dude get into an elevator, what, what is that? What is fucking happening? And then he later takes that unease and puts it towards. Uh, creating a world that kind of makes you thinking about larger ideas yeah and, and playing with your expectations of like what is to come yeah you know uh, and and that's fantastic but like yeah yeah but 
coming back to the original point for all that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's, I mean, you can do a lot with black and white, but this is, this is one of the movies that kind of proved that. Yeah. By him yeah. doing kind of what was considered not a lot with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you were to say like, Hey, I'm going to make this movie and I'm going to show this like, you know, Hicksville nowhere town and just like how nobody's in it and it's dying. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't right. want to see that. Movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but well, you watch yeah. it and you're like, fuck yeah, this, this is, is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is what's up. Yeah. <laughs> it's real, man. This is real. Cause you're vibing. You're vibing on the fact that like these, these kids and centered around, around these kids, like live in this world. And like, there's just this implied oppressiveness to it that, that, that you know that like something bad's gonna happen and not like yeah. you know jason Voorhees is gonna jump out but it's just like they're gonna gonna make some decisions and, and that would have uh, been an amazing twist that, that, where's that mashup right <laughs> <laughs> but but in the same way yeah you're gonna make decisions that you think are small decisions and have large far-reaching implications in your life and here's the thing that's crazy about this nobody was looking for that in 71 yeah people were looking for like long-term ramifications of their life it's right. like yeah just be free man it's cool like we're doing cool shit like nobody wanted nobody was like looking to think about that and that's what made this so special and that's one of the reasons why it's when i say it's out of time chose my words carefully because it is somewhat out of time yeah but half of that is just him loving like the work of these like filmmakers from like earlier times yeah that had this sort of like resting state of like poignancy yeah to them well and like, this is his version of that which is like how could it not be um of his time by him doing it because he's very much coming from a place of like not trying to ape that style but to do it his way yeah i i think I, that's a really good point like i think that oh gosh there's a lot there that i want to kind of no no, no, no. here I'll, i got beer to drink so go no ahead. that was great and i and i just to unpack a little bit of that because because i think that you're you're right you know, when you say nobody really was looking for this at, at this time, because I'm I, thinking about some of these other movies that we've mentioned from that that time, like um, like Easy Rider, which mm -hmm. does not necessarily give you a positive perspective on the world. But it's it's um, OK. So now, yeah, just to blow the ending once again, for those of you who are just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, everybody. Tonight we're blowing the ending of Easy Rider <laughs> consistently on this. Yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the two Don't characters. Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, they get they get blown away at the end of that movie. They get shot at the side of the road, so they die, and and which is which is obviously tragic and awful. But that's it. And Bonnie and Clyde at the end of the movie, they die. They get shot as well at the end of that movie yeah. at the side of the road. Also, a lot of people getting shot at the side of the road in America. Right. It, it, it's a, it was it was an epidemic at the time. Yeah, it was a big problem at the time. It's a real so, problem. Yeah, <laughs> and then but in Last Picture Show, I will say there is a death at the end of the movie. But it's not the main character. And the big thing about the movie is that people just go on. Like they, it's they just life goes on, man. Yeah. Life yeah. goes on. What is it? Uh, long after the thrill of living is gone. <laughs> yes, that's right. Wait a second. Wait, what? Melon Camp? I think it's Melon Camp. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Jack and Diane. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so uh not a huge yeah. kook fan. That's a that's a fucking great line, man. It's it's a big yeah, <laughs> that's a great Iconic. line. I'd be Iconic. If, I, if I wrote a line like that in a song, you'd be like, fuck yeah. Well, that's Americana as well, right? I mean, that's yeah, kind exactly. of a that's kind of a good Jack and Diane is kind of a good companion to this to this movie to some degree. It, this is this is you know not obviously when that was written, but it's certainly no. well, and it's indicative of like 
what Mellencamp was kind of going for, right? Which is like yeah. the like, oh, you know, small town stuff. And, but he has like this myth uh, mythology that comes with it. Yeah. Right. That, yeah, yeah. that like has a little more like expectations, a little it's a little more cheese stick that way. Like, yes. You know, <laughs> yeah that's true. that is true but anyway I, I'm, I'm taking i'm taking you off task for that but like uh, no well so so there is that and then and then um you know I'm, there, so there were other like sort of black and white movies i guess like i'm thinking young frankenstein's a black and white movie from that sure. time but that is definitely it's about saying we're making a movie like a 1930s universal yeah horror. but imagine these awesome universal movies that we and the, the department several times all all grew up on but yeah. imagine if they were like hilarious imagine yeah. if they were funny like and yeah. had like the, the kind of humor that we like yeah and that's young Frank, yeah. and it seems so simple but it's like obviously it's a-list talent you know at the top of their game like you know mel brooks is is yeah he's great at what he does like he does a thing you can love it you can you can think it's overrated but like he does that thing better than almost anyone Yes, I think that, and I think that, for me, anyways, I think Young Frankenstein's maybe my favorite of his movies. But oh, it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, but it does seem like if you were doing black and white at that time, it was it was it tended to be some kind of like I'm making a direct reference to something very specific from a di from mm -hmm. a, a different time. And yes, the Last Picture Show is set in the 1950s when there were mo a lot of black and white films. But as you say, it's not it's not black and white. It's not a black and white film quite like that. So it is it is both connected to that time and also different from that time as well. Well, you know, it, it was the Heisenberg effect. The act of observing something changes it, right? So this yeah. is uh, folks in the early 70s observing, you know, the idea of the 50s and like looking yeah. at it with everything they've learned. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, I've directed maybe things too much here. So is there something about the, this movie that you would like to... Uh, that I haven't brought up that you'd like to talk about? I mean, I, I, we touched everything I could think of. I mean, I, th I think it's, um, well, I, I, I'll just redouble down on other points I made that like, this yeah. is a vibe movie, mm -hmm. you know, like as, as people like discover movies that maybe never got their day in the sun as vibe movies, like this is absolutely like, I keep, there's going to be some big resurgence for last picture show. I think in the next couple of years where people are like, wow, like this is this is I mean not that there isn't like if you're into film you know but I mean I'm talking about from like a larger perspective like it's yeah. probably gonna it's probably gonna be like some movies and dias and like references that are some shit like that but like, right <laughs> you know whatever however it gets there they it's gonna get people in the door and they're gonna be blown away but you know what if I said the same thing about Badlands for years and all we got was Natural Born Killers <laughs> 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 which I do like but. Ugh. Well, you know, it's it's like the new metal version of Badlands. So I'll, I, I, I'll, put out, I'll put out another movie that is, um, and I like it, but it's it's, oh man, it's like one step for something I don't like. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's, <laughs> a, it's another. I mean, I haven't seen Natural Born Killer since I was in high school, so I can't. It's hard for me to to comment on it. But it was a good. It was a good movie for a high school. Student. I like as a high school student. I'm like, fuck yes, this yeah. is my shit. I love yeah. it. And then like I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know, I would much rather watch Badlands than I would uh, oh. rewatch Badlands than that. Uh, than but um, well, and, and Badlands by having less to say has more to say. Oh that, yeah, the, the biggest problem with Natural Born Killers is it like is that he's trying to get so much stuff out. Yeah, that, like there are times that it plays well, like in the whole like you know Rodney Dangerfield is an abusive dad and it's played like a sitcom thing. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, 
But then, like, there are parts of her just so fucking heavy handed where it's like, look, I get it and I agree with you, but it's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then there's like, look at like the Robert Downey Jr. character who's like, you know, like, you know, the, the hard copy current affairs like reporter guy. And like that was at the dawn of that era, which that is now what cable news is. So it's I mean, it's pressure in its way. I'm not trying to shit on natural born killers necessarily. Yeah. It's just that like it's, it's a kind of movie that you wish it was like one or two clicks smarter or, yeah, yeah. or just like uh, one or two clicks less heavy handed. Whereas Badlands is just like. Why is that movie only like grown in stature over there? I mean, I think Martin Sheen still considers his best performance, which is like crazy because that dude's been a bazillion things. Yeah. Um, but because it fulfills the criteria of uh, you care about the characters at the same time, they're doing these abhorrent things. Yeah. And and it isn't like they're not doing it because like, hey, y'all, let's do some evil. They have their motivation for it. And so it's, yeah. it's like the rise of the antihero. And that's, and, right. and that's what yeah. makes that interesting. So, so coming, coming all back around to last picture show. Yeah. It doesn't, it would not work if like everyone was cool. Like everyone looks cool now and is saying cool stuff all the time and like whatever, even if they're not, it's haha self-aware. I'm not cool. Cause I'm self-aware that I'm not cool. And like, there's no hint of self-awareness to any of this. There's just this, this almost, um, naivete to it that i think is it's like the secret sauce like mm -hmm. it's it's it makes it something like extraordinary mm -hmm. and i say that because i think it only i think if, he, if this movie if he had made this movie four years later i think it's a different movie mm. oh yeah i think if you made it two years earlier it would be a way different movie but like it's the perfect time for him to have made it with the perfect and like think of like what the people in this film did like afterwards right crazy yeah. <laughs> like like the, like the tendrils of this, this film is yeah is the, but right. like everyone's like hey you know what's good last picture show oh yeah that is good yeah last picture yeah it's good <laughs> and a lot of these people were not actually particularly well known when he actually i don't think any of them were, were except for sam johnson who had been in westerns but even still like probably largely forgotten um yeah. he's playing into the what i read he's playing into that uh, orson wells thing because um yeah I just recently rewatched Citizen Kane again, and 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 at the end of that movie, so it's just, <laughs> that movie is pretty good. You know that? Uh, <laughs> you know it's a good movie, Citizen Kane. <laughs> it's real good. Check it out. We do the controversial takes here at yeah, J. Yeah, Hedge exactly. <laughs> but um, bold opinion. <laughs> I'm just gonna pause things for just a second and say Citizen Kane. Right, uh, but my hot take. <laughs> but at the end of that movie and at the end of i think most orson welles movies that i've seen a lot of them uh from that time anyway he does this like uh citizen kane starring and then he shows the people on screen yeah. and yeah. uh bogdanovich does the same thing in the last picture show um and at the time when with citizen kane he's like i'm going to introduce you to the people in my theater group and here's joseph cotton and then joseph yeah. cotton goes on to do you know shadow of a doubt the third man and all these kinds of movies um and, but, and but it takes a special point of which that's something if i may interrupt that sorry that um quentin tarantino does that too yes, yes even though in some cases he's doing like bringing in actors and actresses from like you know the grindhouse like world that he loves that most people don't but yeah. like does that in a way of like makes a big show of it of like hey this is part of the 
which I kind of dig. You know, I think yes. I kind of I kind of dig that aspect of it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. And I always like Tarantino to bringing back, um, bringing bringing back people who you'd kind of forgotten about. Yeah, you're like, oh shit! Like they they brought back, uh, you know, like uh, you know, at, at the time, uh, when uh, like Jackie Brown came out, where it was it was like, I was like oh shit, what Pam Greer? Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And she's great in it, you know. It's like one of her best phenomenal. roles. She's phenomenal, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but she never stopped being great. It's just that, like, yeah. you know, she just right. getting off for great roles. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that was that was a that was a great strength of his. I don't know if he's has he done that as much recently, where he brings back somebody who has kind of been forgotten. I don't know if he has. Um, I mean, he definitely has brought in people. I mean, nobody knew who the fuck Christoph Waltz was before. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, um, glorious bastards. And like now, it's everyone's true. like, "Oh, Christopher Waltz is great," and because you know why? Because he's fucking great. Yes. And yeah. Even, like had a uh, um. Oh God, uh, what's his, what's his name? Um. Um. He directs the uh, hostel and all that. Uh, oh. Um. Hold on. That dude. Yeah, yes. but 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 point like I think he still does it, but it, it it's like he's he's more particular about who he kind of like plucks out and where and kind of yeah in a way that like I mean doesn't he have and God, I'm sorry we're talking about Quentin Tarantino so much but like he doesn't he have a thing where he like feels like he's gonna make uh only a certain amount of movies and then call it which I'm like like fuck you will sure right whatever right, right. Dude. I'm sure you will I think he's I think he said enough about that now that I think he I think he's gonna feel forced to do it yeah. It, Okay, sure. So he can have his big comeback movie. That well, this is the one that I came back for. Like, I think that that's a possibility. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> that can happen. I that dude, it, that dude, like love, hate, love him or hate him, that dude lives and breathes film. That's right. True. Like, start to keep that guy. I mean, be like, hey, you know what? I think this is gonna be my last record. Oh, sure, it will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I yeah, also don't fully one. agree with his reason why. Like, the reason he gives is he's like because people stop making great directors stop making great movies after a while which is true for a lot of them in some, but it's not, in some cases yeah but it's not true for all of them it's not true no. for scorsese for example no no and i mean i i think there's probably there's probably so many examples where it is true that like i get to, i get to, well and it's it's by him saying that he gets to be a little bit of a brat and kind of you know kind of throw stones without throwing stones and yeah yeah I get it, but let me tell you about how much I know about movies. No great filmmaker, right. a great movie after the age of sixty. But yeah, it's not. I don't. I like Tarantino a lot. I don't agree with that. I, I do don't agree with that assessment. I mean, it, I mean, I think I, I like him a lot, and like I'll go out of my way to not have to defend him as well. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like that kind of thing where it's like I don't really want to talk about Quentin Tarantino. Sorry, I know. Like yeah. the character of the dude. Like I'm not interested in that. I think he makes yeah, really yeah, yeah. great, interesting movies, and is somehow rated exactly right and maybe slightly underrated yes 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 as yeah. a dude i don't know i don't, I don't fucking hang out with him well <laughs> it, it, <laughs> maybe, another maybe he's great it seems like maybe you wouldn't get a word in edgewise but i know people that's, like that, true. You know? that's true okay let me tell you something about film okay i think that's you know no, think about sunny chiba that nobody understands <laughs> oh my god <laughs> There's not enough beer in the world to continue this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I read a quote about Bogdanovich. It was Billy Wilder. I'm reading it now. Uh, Billy Wilder said, it isn't true that Hollywood is a bitter place divided by hatred, greed, and jealousy. All it takes to bring the community together is a flop by Peter Bogdanovich. <laughs> 
which means people were just waiting for that guy to fail. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think well, that, that's probably true of Tarantino as well. I think that yeah. everybody would love it if Tarantino made a. a oh, absolutely. If, if, if he, <laughs> yeah, t- absolutely. I mean, look, like I like like we mentioned earlier that like the reason why Tarantino got invoked in the first place because like uh, you know, at one point Tarantino was like the the hip in like cool kid. Yeah. Right. Even though that's not his background at all, Bogdanovich absolutely was that dude of his time. Yeah, I think there's something about like a guy who maybe less obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. And I say that as a fan of Tarantino, like I I I love his because most of his targets are it's pretty well deserving, and he's you know honestly I'm like I'm like twice as sarcastic as that guy, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the most earnest dude ever. And and, but it's like the fact that you don't hear someone at that level that's still gonna you know call it like he sees it. Like that was a big inflection point and turning point for that era of filmmaking yeah i mean robert rodriguez is 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 talented as as well but you never hear him talking talking shit well i mean he made spy kids so (laughs) indeed 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 he did (laughs) (laughs) but um you know it is there's like tarantino and bogdanovich and they were they are definitely students of film and and I think to a certain degree, you know, that can carry you a long way. But I think after a while, there's an audience out there who are like, you don't know everything there is to know about film. So that right. when when Bogdanovich, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, when Bogdanovich puts out a movie that doesn't do well, they're like, ah, you said it's like, you know, ah. when, yeah, <laughs> it's like you when, know Oasis, when Oasis put out a bad album and the night is like, we yeah. were just waiting for ah, this. Oh, you guys yeah. <laughs> thought you were cool. You weren't right. Yeah, so it's it's. Uh, I think there's that thing going on, and Bogdanovich, may he rest in peace, was was I think that kind of a guy. Like he he, he but he did know what he was talking about, just like Tarantino knows what he's talking about. Uh, well, absolutely, and like I, I like that you know he he used his capital to do cool, like no one else could have made a, t- a four hour documentary about Tom Petty. There you like, go. What? No, you can't fucking do what? No, I'm not gonna fund that. But it's like, oh, Bogdanovich is doing it. All right, I can't wait to see what that looks like. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like at that point he wasn't like doing a lot of directing or whatever. He's he like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just gonna like you know show up in the Sopranos and you know be this cool character and you know just kind of do things I I feel like doing when I feel like doing. Isn't that what retirement's all about? By the way, that's true. <laughs> It's not about sitting around doing nothing. It's like, I'm not going to do anything I don't feel like doing. That's right. Fucking cool. I'm going to do that now. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it, Conan. I I know. I would in a heartbeat. I thought thought that's what this was. I thought that's it. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's definitely true in my in my podcasting world uh there you go view, which is the exactly. key the only reason why anyone gives a shit about my show also is people like wow so and, and they try to like you know they they do like the the algebra meme you know like you know trigonometry kind of figure it out. i'm like i just have people on i like that i'm interested in that's it that's pretty awesome <laughs> like that's the key to the show because because otherwise like I'm not interested in them. Like what I'm going to do, like, right. Small talk. Right, 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 <laughs> right. Well, and that's my, that's actually my attitude with this. Uh, I, maybe I'll make a video about this someday, but that's what you just said about not hate watching things. It's I the same thing with, um, with my, with, with this channel, which is that, you know, I, I'm making an, a conscious effort to talk about things that I like. Cause I, there's so I, much and I appreciate that. I appreciate, yeah. I actually have noticed and appreciate that. 
Like, I yeah. think that that's, um, sorry to just, I appreciate okay. so much I said to interrupt you about it. No, no, I'm glad, you, I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you did. Be, because I think that um, there's a tendency towards, especially with film, to be like, here's why I hate this movie, or here's yeah. why this movie sucks, or um, why is this so awful? Yeah. And I, you know, like, ostensibly I'm at the tail end of it, but like maybe it's like a Gen X burnout thing i just i was i was over that before <laughs> before i got out of high school i'm like you know what i'd rather hear about what people are into what yeah. are you into what yeah. do you like and why do you like it that yeah, i'm interested yeah, yeah. in like i, I don't I'm, I'm not into this whole like hot take industrial complex which again everyone has been trained to immediately i want to immediately give my opinion on this yeah you know what i'm very happy not to have opinions on certain things i'm like you know what i don't have, to have an opinion on that Right. It's okay. It's fine. Maybe it's you know, do I do okay. I like it? Do I dislike it? I don't know. I'm not right. having to give it any energy to it at all. Right. <laughs> I'm like, that's okay. You know why? Because I give a lot of energy to a lot of things. Yeah. And I give my yeah. all to it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if I give my energy to everything, I would basically by average give my energy to nothing. That's true. Spreading and, 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 and especially with how things are now by like negative reacting to something, you're still giving it airtime. Yeah. Yeah. You're, 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 you know, like it's the clicks still count whether you're yeah, yeah. there love clicks or hate clicks. Absolutely. Um, but I'll tell you this, I'm definitely canceling my Sharknado episode next week. <laughs> oh man, you should have, <laughs> Lindsay could probably tell you some verbatim quotes that, uh, yeah, because we watched that, and, and yeah, I've like, never, I've never seen that either. Oh, I can't. it's it's the worst thing I've ever seen. And I <laughs> and the brown bunny was pretty, and I was I was pretty fear uh, the fountain I fucking despised as well. But like like it had for like I was apoplectic. I mean, I was I was I was like I was like I am furious that this exists. Yes, you were, really, and, and, and were I was really doubly furious because I could see, I could see like down the line. I'm like there's going to be sequels of this. And that makes me fucking angry. Like yes. I was, I was like, I was visibly upset about it. Like I, I was, I was like this, this is a will. This is a turd that is like, Hey everybody, look at this. We're, this is a turd. Look at our turd that we have. Isn't it stink like shit? That's cause it's a turd. Everybody like, and people well, I are gotta like, write down the timing. Cause I'm clipping that. <laughs> but... All right. Good. Perfect. <laughs> and people and people were like, cool, I'm gonna watch that turd. I'm like, stop right. fucking watching turds. Stop fucking rewarding this shit. Literally. Yeah. It is shit, and that's all you need to know. Piece of shit, move on. To quote but you know, no I do think it is like it's it's hard to talk about why something is good. Like it is just harder to say why you think something is good than than to say why it's bad. Like it's easy to say, you know. We, we talked about Annette for like five minutes, and I'm like, how, why did I like it? I why did I like this? Yeah, it's not it's, it's not necessarily shit insane, and it's like one you know one half step this way, and I fucking hate it. Like, but yeah, it's, right. like, it's perfect. <laughs> You know why do I love yeah. Torch? Like Torch is is so great as a band. Like they're they're the fact that they they meld like the heavy and the hooks and whatever. But it's like yeah, one step more over this way, or and it wouldn't and, be good. And it wouldn't and yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't work for me. Right. You know, it's not that it would be bad. It still wouldn't work for me. And yeah. why doesn't it work for me? Pfft, fuck if I know. Right. Do I want to just ever describe that movie to anyone? Fuck no, I don't. 
Right. <laughs> but I'll right. be like, hey, it's one of my favorite movies of last year. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying you don't want me to put you down for the Annette episode then? I mean, <laughs> I, I, as as a huge Sparks fan, I feel like it's my civic duty to be uh, involved in any panel where Sparks are tangentially involved. Ron right. and Russell come on Protonic Reversal. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you right now, he ain't watching this show. No, I, those guys, yeah, neither Sparks bro. Watch, well, maybe if, I, you're, if you're on, but I don't think the regular watchers of Jay Hutch talks too much. Fair. <laughs> I, I, I will say, I shouldn't say fucking shit about shit. Uh, but I, I've come tantalizingly close to having the male brothers on Proton Reversal. And that would, that, oh, that would wow. be, I guarantee you that let's put it this way. That'll be as, as great of an episode or series of episodes as the Jerry Casale one. If that comes to pass, I am the guy. There's no, there, no other person exists that has a show of that nature that would be better at it. I fucking guarantee you. I'm not saying that to be conceited. I'm saying that because like Bogdanovich, I know where I'm at call my shot there you go all right it's out there folks if you're watching ron and russell come on the show it'll be there fucking cool i'd be like hang out I, with edgar but not it was pretty cool to see chris murphy though and uh and he came through through you and he, he was on your uh he was on your podcast as well a couple times right yeah and i what i loved about that is that we talked about the scott pilgrim thing when he's on protonic mm -hmm. but it was sort of like when there's so much to get to and when someone has such a like a vast and like cool catalog and is like willing to talk about it and somewhat self-aware of it but like also like you know entertaining about talking about it you don't want to spend too much time in any one thing but i was like i'm so fascinated by like you basically teaching non-musicians how to look like musicians hmm. for this movie that i love that i fucking love and the fact yeah. that like at least two of the three cases it's like they they look like the real deal that when it came up I, I mean, I was the one suggested. I was like, "Hey, I, you know, if you want to do like Scott Pilgrim versus the World, like, I bet I can talk Chris Murphy into coming on because I don't think he's ever done that for a thing, right?" And I like that kind of stuff. I like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of like here's a single serving kind of. Um, you know, here's Kira from Black Flag who like won an Oscar for Mad Max Fury Road talking about ADR. Most right, people right, don't know right, what right. ADR is. Right, right, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. oh yeah. Like the fucking one of the bass players from Black Flag and, and like Dose and like just one of the coolest characters in punk rock has like a really cool like latter day career. Right. And it's doing this crazy cool thing that nobody thinks about yeah, for yeah. a movie that everybody loves. And like that's awesome. And I, and I love that kind of thing because uh, a lot of times the value that people get at Protonic is like hearing what people do when they're not doing the thing that they that, that they um, that they love them for. Mm -hmm. you know like i mean like things like greg norton being like oh i didn't pick up a base for like 10 years i opened up a restaurant yeah what does your do like are you fucking kidding me right like, <laughs> and it, like you it's true a base you're like no and it's like oh, i picked up to move it I'm like, oh, okay wow mm. yeah that is cool okay. <laughs> so uh to have someone like Chris, who's like game for it, like talk about something so great, like Scott Pilgrim, which is like yeah. stylistically like just a fucking like I wish that movie had been a huge success. I think it would have changed filmmaking for 10 years. Right. Um, And, and talk about that side of it. Fucking rad. Great. Yeah. 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 And yeah. for whatever reason, I'm the kind of guy that people like telling that kind of stuff, too. So cool. That's that's awesome. So, you know, I mean, I could say it, but you say it. Where can people find Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal? 
BrotonicReversal.com. Uh, anywhere you find your podcast, I, I went uh, video for the, uh, in um, like mid mid twenty twenty. Um, so there's a YouTube channel. So subscribe and like stuff on there. Uh, I'm not treating it so much like an afterthought anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, podcast, whatever. I have so what's funny? Like, I, I've done this show almost eight years. Like in like the entire world of how people like get podcasts has changed like two or three times. So I, yes. I I don't ever get too specific into it. I'm just like get it wherever you get your podcast. Right, 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 right. There's a lot of cool shit. Like you know, Bowie. Yeah. Uh, his birthday was, you know, a couple days ago in the time of the airing, And yeah. like, I was like, oh, yeah, there was a really good episode. Tony Visconti, I did, who was like his producer and like close friend. And like, I was like, that was a really like that was a real like deep nerd. Like, let me ask you about this specific thing about David Bowie. Like, you know, kind of like, yes, like that if you're into that kind of thing, I'm like, I bet people would like this if I if I posted this. And yes, so, yes. There's a lot of stuff like that. I kind of forget about shit that I did all the time, frankly, because at a certain point, like I was doing uh that much of it but i will say it's interesting to having have been doing it for so long but have people find it in this fucking weird ass time that we live in yeah have it get some value and comfort yeah, to yeah, like yeah. an uncertain time that's amazing well and i think that that's it's it's it is a, a cool approach because you you know as, as somebody who's a fan of music myself you see people that you really admire and they're being interviewed and it's always the same questions. And I, it's fucking, always... I just, it makes me fucking mental. I'm, I'm yeah. like, I'm like <laughs> oh my God. Just like, I'm just like, oh. yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. Right. The Sharknado of interviews. And, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and it's the same answer. You know, they've got their sort of ready, ready to go replies for those moments. But and sometimes you, there's like a, it derivates a little here or there. A little, a little different. <laughs> but if you're asking them questions that are not the same questions that they're used to hearing, then they're going to go someplace different with it, probably. And it's I mean, a totally different kind of discussion. And, it, yeah. and if there's if there's a strength to the show, it's because of that. And because I have the lived experience of having, you know, not that like I'm some household name or something, but I've, I've done this like nonstop. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say nonstop because of the last two years have basically been a full stop uh, for the past like 22 years. Right. Like I, yeah. I, I, I've lived I live that life. So I come out from a very different place and I, you know, it, it's, I never like sought out to be a great podcaster or thought I'm going to be podcast famous or whatever, you know, whatever the fuck that would mean or anything along those lines. I was yeah. like, I'm going to make the kind of show I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it turns out other people want to hear it. So great. That's amazing. <laughs> and you, and you I'm, as happy, I'm as surprised as anyone. <laughs> That's a good attitude. That's a good attitude. Now, you well, got just like, like with, yeah, with movie night extravaganza, right? It's like, yeah. this is the kind of movie show that I would listen to. In fact, I did listen to it even when I, when I wasn't on it. Like, I was yes. like, oh, I like the show. And then I ended up being on it. So that ruined that. But, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's funny. It's irreverent. It's, it's unpredictable. Like, it goes to like weird, but it's clever. It's interesting. Like, I mean, well, it's it's movie night extravaganza that that's why I decided to do this because it's like okay, mm -hmm. just what we were talking about before. Like these are people who are enjoying these movies, right? They're enjoying talking about it. They're having fun talking about it, um, which is always good to see because you know if people are not enjoying the experience, it's just not that fun to watch. But it, it's it, always it's, it's, just kind of, it's not great. Yeah. Well, well, but I like what I, so what I like about this is that like, it, but it, it's, it hits differently. It's more, it's more in depth. And like, part of this is like, 
whatever. There's 50,000 people on that fucking show at any given moment of time. Right. So like, so half the time you see me, I'm just getting like a witty rejoinder and everyone laughs and you know, like whatever. Yeah. Great. You know? Right. <laughs> like I, I, and there's something to be said for that. I love it, but um, it's great. Uh, you know, it's a lively show. It moves quick. Like I think about it in terms of uh, not that it sounds, it, it is meant to sound like that at all, but like uh, the vibe is, taking the idea of something like the Howard Stern show or something, where it's just meant to be like, like lively and fun yeah. and real. Like when, yeah. when I'm doing the letterbox reviews and we go off in these like three minute derivations into other shit, like, you know, that's great. Yeah. I'm not mad about it. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's, what do you think this is for? This is, this is for like a discussion, like, and the unpredictability, unpredictability is part of it, but it's also comes to the fact that there's a deep love from it from everyone that's involved yes that's why i'm involved like that, that that's why i didn't be like you know i just showed up more and more and more and eventually they handed me the keys you know like it's like all right because <laughs> it's because well, because no, i'd be like hey here's i would literally message for us here's the things i loved and here's these things that i think i didn't quite love so much that right like, here's why i didn't love them maybe you care maybe you don't yeah 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 well i think it's a, i think it's a great very entertaining it's a very entertaining podcast um, you know, it does move fast. I was on it once and I could not keep up, but it's, it was, it's, it's almost too fast for me. And that's, yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it, but, but what's great about this is like, you get, uh, this is, this is very in-depth. This, yeah, yeah. This, this, it, it's oh, not thanks. like this, this is not, this is like a you know, like mammoths walking across the fucking tundra or nothing. Right, 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 like, right. But like it, it gets very in-depth and that's, um, so there's something to be said, like it's a different kind of conversation when it's, um, uh, person person yeah and i i think actually based on sort of what you when you were making that observation about a racer head and the and the uh elevator, the fucking elevator scene, <laughs> which i, you know, I love it I is just, great. i fucking love that so much because it's and so I, fucking stupid but, but I it's think so great <laughs> like in this it, you know movies used to have different rhythms to it you know you had you, you could have a fast rhythm like breathless or you could have a slow rhythm like a woman under the influence which you guys did on your show very slow moving movie one of my favorite movies is both of them yes. two, breathless and a woman under the influence for, for so different reasons right for exactly. incredible <laughs> and they move at different entirely different paces but now it seems like it has to be at the same pace all the time like in a, if a movie comes out today it has to be all, all at the same pace and um, and I like to slow things down a little bit. So I think that I, I, no, I dig that. I dig. And yeah. that's a that's a dude. You know, I like I like the fast songs. I like the slow songs. Right. <laughs> right. Because I mean, because because we talk, I, I had like sort of like all the things I want to talk about. And we talked about all of them. I talked a bunch of other shit, too. And that's all. And, you know, I think it's pretty cool. It's interesting. Yeah. It's all. And you get that kind of free flowing stuff when you allow. I say leave room for the Lord. <laughs> you, you know like uh like exactly the, the christian side hug people say leave room for the lord but um <laughs> no you get you a know, lot like of, there's a lot a lot of places you can go i mean i like don't get me wrong man like when i especially if i'm doing like album promo or something i, I can just show up at a show and fucking shoot my shit and you know i'll get a couple good one-liners in and it's funny and everyone has a good time and great for me like that's not that interesting right 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 yeah. So like, I, and this is this is an additional piece of pressure I put on myself. That it's, it's like I want I want each thing to be a little special in some way. Right. Right. And sometimes that means you're putting work into it. Like sometimes sure. others, the best way to put it, right? Uh, but no, I like I like the in depth shit. I, I like um, 
I like the big lively panels where you have like back and forths and in jokes and callbacks and all that. That's great. Yeah, that, that's great. If you if you got a commute or something and you're just trying to be like, oh, fucking don't want to be at work today. I'm going to be at work soon. I'm fucking not stoked about that at all. And like yeah. you get like you know people talking about like a thirst trapping dark crystal characters <laughs> on letterbox great that's right that's yeah no it's phenomenal i mean i the, 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 <laughs> like, like, I'm, I'm all for it that's this awesome. is just I, I like how this is a back and forth of us saying how, how good each other's shows are but i do <laughs> but i do think <laughs> but it's a different but but it's a way different vibe right it's a way different, it's a different vibe, vibe. like getting into why why is last picture show a movie everyone should see even though it basically sounds like the most depressing thing in the face of the planet yeah 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 because it has not only a couple of things well but here's the reasons why it's culturally and societally significant without yeah. like starting off as that as like in this essay i shall share right. <laughs> right right exactly exactly <laughs> no yeah I, I i definitely want to avoid that because that's the stuff that i do outside of this and you know i don't want to there's do nothing that. wrong i mean there's there's a time and there's a place for it a time and a place, yeah the, when it comes the, down to the, these kinds of shows, is that just that's the same for me, man. Like, yes, I, I'd, I'd rather hear like you know twenty five different derivations into like you know oh think about the red hot chili peppers is you know what why yeah. is that relevant? <laughs> <laughs> and then it comes back and you're like, wow, I never expected that to land, but there it went. Uh, that's no, but which, I, by the way, is basically my musical career. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good. That's a. I think that's where you have to go as a creative person, though, right? I mean, if you Growth operate. Yeah, if, if you operate out of, of okay, so so uh, tick tick boom, right? We talked about tick tick boom because I was basically trying to talk about Annette, but I talked about everyone wants to talk about tick tick boom, and I'm like, well, it's Lynn Memel Miranda sized, Miranda sized, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't see why not. Which I mean, he fucking directed it, so of course it should be right. But it's got all his like sonic hallmarks. I like it in spite of that. But there's a real cool. I guess I guess this would be a spoiler, like as a not for easy writer, but for a movie that's actually actively out that a lot of people haven't seen. Right. But Judith Light, who plays his agent, like he finally goes through and has like his show, and he's like, "Oh, great! Can't you know who's going to produce it? It's going to be huge, whatever." And she's basically like, "Yeah, they can't wait to hear what the next thing is." Mm. And it's, it's like, oh, mm. I, and it's like, yeah, it's just it's too dense, too weird. People just want hits, like, et cetera, right. et cetera. And there's a great little conversation. It's like, it's not. A, but the thing is, it's not about, um, you know, what do you do next? We start working on the next thing. Right, right, right. And, yeah. and like, that's something that like, uh, and it's a little hokified, frankly, because it's like big Hollywood production and like, he did the next thing he did was tick tick boom and the next thing after that was rent but he died like the day before it came out which is tragic or whatever so there has to be some like hollywood thing of like all right but eventually he made a big thing all right, right. In, in reality that isn't how it works but like yeah just the idea of like i like seeing that on a on a popular movie that's like yeah you just gotta just you know work on the next thing which is which is i was like you know respect because yeah. that, that's what it actually is being an artist is actually like that like you can't something becomes your world. You become like super invested in it and it does something or more likely it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And you just have to fucking move on and you have to yeah. just do the next thing. And and like, and like, it's not that you throw it away, but you just move on to the next thing. If you, if you can continue doing that, then you're an artist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're going to be happy, but it means you're an artist because that's what it is really. Well, 
and just to tie this back to the topic, um, not that I we have to. Yeah, but so, just, sorry for the tick tick boom. Uh, I don't mind, but just but also spoiler. There's a fucking bunch of dudes dancing and singing, and like you know, like if you like fucking musical theater, it's for you. And I'm oof. also spoiler okay. alert that I that I just found out uh, uh, Angela from Who's the Boss is in it apparently. So yeah, uh, yeah Judith Light. She that's <laughs> that's his that's Andrew Garfield's agent, and her character's great. And like she said, she's had a great recent career turn. Um, as a character actress and I'm, I'm here for it because yeah. Um, yeah so, Judith light is her name. <laughs> Judith light. That's right. So now to, to, to tie it back to like, again, with, with Bogdanovich, I'll, I'll make this last point, And then if you want to, once again, um, um, you can do whatever it's your fucking show. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you don't need to apologize to me. I also like that. That's your key line too on, on movie night extravaganza. I, well. I mean, like half the time he's like, Hey, I'm going to, is it cool if I do that? I don't know. You tell me, man. <laughs> I'm but, sure to look uh, pretty and crack wise. I do at least one of those things well. <laughs> but um, you know, you have uh, you have Bogdanovich, who is a student of Orson Welles, and I'd say that in many ways, both of those filmmakers made quite a few good movies. But in some ways, we're always tied to one. We're always remembered for one. And um, you know, obviously with Welles, it was Citizen Kane, and and even yeah. though he made Magnificent Ambersons and Chimes at Midnight and other great movies, Lady from Shanghai. Um, you know, uh, he was always kind of living in the shadow of Citizen Kane. And Bogdanovich, I'd say the same thing with The Last Picture Show, even though he made other great movies like Targets, Paper Moon, What's Up, Doc? And uh, as you say, though, like both of them kept going and they had they struggled because, you know, they were working within a system that they needed a lot of money to, to finance their films. But but they kept making them. And you look through Bogdanovich's filmography, you'll find a lot of stuff. You'll find the, um, you'll find uh, the music documentaries. You'll find uh, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's never bad. It's, it's no, always it's, interesting. Yeah. So he, he kept going. And um, uh, although I, you know, I, I would still say just as Susan Kane was the great masterwork of Orson Welles, that, that last picture show oh, to me. It's, it's fuck out of here. It's gotta be. It's 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 it's, look there's a reason why it's in all the film school books right yeah (laughs) like sometimes things like are rated exactly right even when they're like yeah very well rated and it's one of those movies that for me like uh when the movie ends although it's not it's not necessarily the happiest of endings it's it makes me feel good that somebody could make a movie like this Uh, and and there's a few movies that are like that but this is one of them yeah, it's satisfying in its way, like in, yeah. in, in in what it in what it does, and not bad, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Exactly. Exactly. So um, uh, we've we've talked about your 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 various ventures, but if you would like to, um, so Conan Neutrons, Protonic Reversal, on all the places where you can get your uh, all, all, the, all the stuff, yes. and YouTube, subscribe and like the videos there. Feel free to subscribe to this if you haven't and like it as well if you're watching. Um, and uh, Movie Night Extravaganza, um, if you haven't subscribed to that. Sub, sub, sub to that. Uh, that show can use it more than Protonic. <laughs> that's a, that's show, honestly, that show's a lot newer too. It's only like six months old, which is fucking nuts. And can I say for the record, I was the first subscriber to Movie Night Extravaganza. I, I, can, I can say that. Um, and first in my heart as well. <laughs> I believe you're contractually obligated to say that. I think due to due to 
some cash flow going on, but that's uh, that's another story. <laughs> the, the flow only, the flow never comes to me; it only goes out. Just to be okay, fair. All right, fair enough. <laughs> let's let's not get um, it twisted. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Any any new material coming out? Yeah, there's a uh, split EP called Dangerous Nomenclature that uh, is coming out in the next. Um, I don't know, next month or two. I don't know exactly when it is, but it's um, there's a song on Bandcamp, which is neutronfriends.bandcamp.com called The Commuter. That's the first thing we've released since Dark Passengers. Uh, and that was October 2020. So, uh, but there's, we're going to make it for lost time pretty quickly. There's going to be, it's going to be like a split LP, another EP. And well, if I get off my ass and, record at the, the whole nother record too but uh that that's that's gonna be coming real soon so neutronfriends.bandcamp.com i say that most people are gonna listen on spotify that's what people do uh so share crap with me that'll be on all the, all the spotify stuff as well um i'm just always happy if anybody pays any attention at all so yeah whatever <laughs> well, i highly encourage people to to look that up and to keep following your work and um, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. You're my first guest Blast. that I've never met in real life. So this is uh, interesting. This is an achievement. This is an achievement. All right. So, we got to keep that going. I'm never going to meet you now. Yeah. Well, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, Hutch is coming in. Fuck it. I'm out of here. Look, that's what the people say who have met me. So, I mean, that's, that's a smoke uh... bomb, by the way. <laughs> okay. No, I, Boy, I, I think it'll be worth it just for that. I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I earnestly hope that, that uh, uh, you know, COVID times notwithstanding, that at some point we can't hang out in the future. And, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But thank you for thank you and, for having me. You know, nonetheless, it's a blast. I love this movie, and uh, I think it was a good conversation. It was great, and thanks so much for coming. I hope you come back again sometime. If not, let for me know. New episode for something else, and uh, yeah, that would be fantastic. I ain't doing shit till like late spring other than like 15 million episodes of different podcasts. So, <laughs> well, you can fit in one more then. I'm sure. Hey, what's one, what's one more? What's, what's one just more? one tiny mint. There's a movie. We could talk about that one too. Yeah, all day long, twice on Tuesdays. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you in the next one. Take care. Bye-bye.